This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking Jungle Cruise. Oh, we. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! I'm back! <laughs> Out Now is that you are back. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via Moses Porter for your review. The occasional commentary track or some other fun movie topics. So, episode 462, 462. All aboard, baby. <laughs> 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 That's way too appropriate. Uh, and, and this week we're talking Disney's Jungle Cruise. The cinematic adaptation of another theme park ride in one of their parks, of course, the Jungle Cruise. And we will have plenty to talk about there and more. But before we get to all that, let's introduce our guest for this week to talk about Jungle Cruise with us. We have, keeping it 100 in NorCal, he's always keeping his eyes on the backside of water. It's Jose Cordova. Finally, Jose has come back to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us, writer for The Hollywood Reporter and author of the book, We Make Monsters Here. He wears a good skipper's hat. It's Richard Newby. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you both here. Jose, good to have you back, of course. Always. And uh, Richard, good to have you here on for the first time on the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to, Welcome. to, to the stuff that we do. Thank you. Thank you. Good to uh, good to uh, fi- finally connect. I feel like we've been trying to trying to book you on an episode for a little bit. Now we've, we made it work. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm excited to hear more of your thoughts on the various things we're going to talk about today. But as we always like to welcome our guests onto the show, just be prepared for uh, a lot of silliness and games and other fun <laughs> stuff. But uh, let's uh, let's get to some show notes here real quick. First up, new commentary track. We recorded our commentary for July. It was Point Break. It was a lot of fun. We delved into a lot of details on that one. And uh, yeah, that's up now. But it is a new month. It is the month of August, which means we're recording a new commentary track, and we already know what that track is going to be. It is going to be for Candyman, the original '90s horror classic, modern I'll say classic. Four more times. I, I, there. The, the problem is too when I record this podcast, there's, there's, there's like nine mirrors around me. So whenever I oh, say, no. I like, I what really, are you doing? I, I really, <laughs> I'm very vain. So I need, I need <laughs> mirrors around me. <laughs> so when I say Candyman, that's You're just two. tempting a lot of people. <laughs> Including Toby from Paranormal Activity, and also uh, Bloody Mary. Come on, what are there, you doing? There are way too many mirrors. You're right. So I shouldn't say Candy. That's three anymore. But just know, <laughs> it's, it's it's a movie that we're definitely going to talk about for this. It's okay. I'm friends with Tony Todd. Let me just text him. Tell him it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> tell him it's cool. Yeah. You just call him, and he's like, "Oh, hey, brother. Hey, that's... Tony, it's cool." <laughs> Aaron, Aaron doesn't mean it. <laughs> so yeah, I'll try to refrain from saying Candyman. That's four, and we'll just we'll go from there. <laughs> Okay, so if what else? If goes dead, we'll know what happened. <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, summer, <laughs> summer movie gamble. Uh, we have our summer, our annual summer movie gamble where we try to predict the top ten highest grossing films at the box office. This time we're doing the worldwide uh, domestic or domestic the worldwide box office total. Uh, Jungle Cruise was of course a a uh, film that many of us predicted, and it debuted. Uh, this week, 34 domestic million and 62 million uh, worldwide. Obviously, we have weeks to go before we see like where that ends up as it stands. With the cover of the pandemic, that's okay for a debut, and we'll just have to kind of see if it has legs. 
But uh, yeah, many Abe and I, along with many guests of the show, not including Jose, I believe, who did not submit oh, his entries in time no. this year. He's tired of I, I winning. That's probably why. <laughs> yes, I, I decided to retire on top. Yeah. This is what exactly. We uh, he he is a previous. You are a previous winner, so you, you're not you're not wrong there. But um, yeah, we we many of us have our predictions for the top ten, and that's where we're at right now. So we'll still have a month a month and like three weeks to go before this whole thing ends. We found out who comes out on top. Uh, what else? Speaking of summer, summer contest. I brought this up a few times. I should probably make a post about this sometime on Facebook, too, to make sure everyone else is aware. Remind the listeners. Remind the listeners. But we have a summer movie contest. I have two copies of Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. One is the Criterion Blu-ray. The other is the recently released 4K UHD Blu-ray. And all you have to do to win one copy is submit your entry for your favorite quote from a summer movie. And you can submit that on any number of our social channels, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter uh, email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com anywhere you want to throw that in and we'll select two winner two um yeah two winners at random and they will receive a copy of do the right thing it's that simple so yeah um i think that well last thing here of course if you if like these if these first like four minutes of this podcast have been like this is the best podcast then <laughs> congratulations you've heard your first podcast but also if you enjoy what we're saying and you want to hear more of this and you like what we're saying this is a big lead up to itunes if you want to go to itunes and give us a rating review that'd be wonderful that would pop us up in the old itunes charts just search for our podcast out now with Aaron and Abe, and like throw in some stars and some sentences and stuff yeah pretty much uh any math formula you can find or even just a period that might be my favorite way of getting to the itunes plug that was so delayed like <laughs> that was such a yeah. <laughs> And the best thing we do here also is criticize what we just did after we did the thing on air. Um, so let's move on from that. <laughs> let's just starting your own podcast. <laughs> well, if someone heard the force four minutes, they're like, this is amazing. We can do this, too. They, I mean, they'd have a good launching point. It's like, if these assholes can do it, then anybody can. <laughs> but, um, all right. Let's move on. Let's get let's move on to some out quickies. Yeah. quickies. Trademark. I had to move quickly that time. I feel like we're that delaying was, the show. Yeah, so it was very Jaguar speed. That, exactly. Let's start off here, Richard. Richard, what are some recent movies you've seen? Uh, I saw Old this week, ah. uh, which I which I enjoyed a lot. I'm a, I'm a big M Night fan, so uh, yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I thought it was pretty satisfying. Uh, and I also watched Luca uh, for the first time. Oh. A bit late on that, but yeah, I thought that was. That was pretty fun. Two um, Magic Beach movies. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of kind of worked out that way. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought both of those were good. And then uh, the last one that I saw was uh, the Empty Man, which I've been kind of. <laughs> Tell me what you thought about the Empty Man because I saw this a couple weeks ago and I was in. I was like, this is pretty good. I was I was into the Empty Man. Oh yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought that the trailers, like the trailers, had me thinking that it was going to be some kind of a Bye Bye Man. Yeah, kind of thing. it was kind of like January dump horror movie, right? Yeah, but it's like a weird, like cosmic kind of Lovecraftian horror epic. I mean, I was I was really impressed with it. I thought it was great. Uh, so hopefully more people check it out. I feel like it's kind of the the victim of uh, Disney's Fox purchase, and it just kind of got cast aside but i feel like there's a lot of a lot of passion in there and i think it's a first-time filmmaker too yeah it's his um, first directed film yeah he might have had some other yeah. smaller credits but yeah it's his first yeah like, david, david Pryor, uh and i was i was really impressed like i mean it's a a gorgeous looking film and it feels really big too mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely worth checking out. That's on uh, HBO right now. I'm fascinated, like what the pitch was, where it's like this new guy who's never directed a thing before wants like 20 million to make a two and a half hour horror movie starring <laughs> James ba- James Badgedale. All right, yeah. I guess we'll give it to him. Like what? <laughs> what is Jimmy Badge is in that movie? He's the star. Oh, nice. <laughs> It's such a like. How does this exist? Like, I don't know yeah, this uh, the comic it's based on. Uh, it's an indie comic by Cohen Bunn, but it's not even like a straight adaptation of the of the comic. It's just like inspired by the comic the basic and concept, inspired right? doing its own like riff on it. So yeah. that's really interesting too. Yeah, but no, I, I I'm glad I'm glad you and many others have also like enjoyed. It's not like, and it's not like I was like from the get go. I just stumbled on it too. It's like I've been hearing a lot about the Empty Man, and it's like. Wow, this is impressive. <laughs> and it's weird that a move for given what the movie's about, it's developing a cult audience. That's very fitting for the empty band. <laughs> but uh cool. Um Jose, how about you? What have you seen recently? Um I also watched Luca, you know, on the on the Disney Plus. Uh-huh. Um I enjoyed that a lot. I think probably one of the more enjoyable recent Pixar uh movies that I've um you know, in the in the few recent ones that there've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched a little movie called Yellow Rose oh. on um, on Amazon Prime. Has anyone seen this movie? I've not. I feel like so, I've heard of it. Let me look this up. Yellow. What's Yellow Rose? Yeah. So Yellow Rose is a story about a uh, Filipino American um, in Texas who ah, yeah, has some movie. issues uh, within her family with uh, you know U.S. immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, she's here. You know, she's an und- undocumented teen. Um, the story is kind of about the issues that arise with her and her mother. And then in the background to all that, she is basically trying to make it kind of as a country music, I don't know, performer, song, singer, songwriter. Um, fantastic music. Uh, I believe it's a first time feature director. Um, and the main actress, I'm trying to pull up her name, Eva Noblezada, she I think is from Broadway. So, you know, really, really great singer. Uh, I'm still listening to the soundtrack, you know, a couple couple weeks after watching the movie. Uh, I'd recommend it. I think it's a movie that um, probably even before the pandemic was probably going to slip by a lot of people. Um, and after the pandemic, probably even more so. Um, so. But it's available. I think I watched it on Prime, maybe through through like Stars or one of those channels. Um, re- really fun movie. Um, I grew up in an area with a huge Filipino-American population. Not a story you see all the time on the big screen. So, yeah, re- recommend it for everybody. Awesome. Look at Jose coming in here all prepared. He's like, where where you can stream this? He's got the right I've actors' had, names. He's got the cast listing. Everybody I've had two years to prepare, man. We get, we get, yeah, exactly. We get, you know, Peter Paris comes on here looking at his shoes, doesn't know what to say. Uh, we get to what movie. <laughs> that was a terrible Peter impersonation. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but I mean, but, but, but thank you, Jose. I, I did hear about this movie, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm going to go check that out now. I know it's now I know where it's available. Sure. Abe, you missed last week, so I'm sure there's a few things that you want to bring up. What have you, what have you seen? Uh, no, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did miss last week. Uh, like Richard, I also uh, I saw Old, um, and I also saw Snake Eyes, which we all talked about last week. Old, Richard, I, I have to hard left turn disagree with you. I, I didn't like <laughs> it as much. I... Uh, I haven't listened to Aaron and, and uh, the guests uh, review yet of it, but um, there was just something about the script that I was just like, I, I get it. I kind of wish there was some more scares here or maybe maybe a little bit more of a uh, um, hmm, supernatural, like I'm going to get you kind of element. But my favorite two characters, Midside Sedan 
and also the uh, the trophy wife mom who seemed to just really want to watch out for her kid. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's it's. A movie I, I do not think that's what she people. wanted to do in that movie. It seems What's like that did not seem like her main priority in that film. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. But she just seemed like uh, she was just trying to avoid the sun. Also, she needs more calcium. Um, so overall, I, I I didn't like it as much as Richard, and I don't know how the other uh, guests felt last week, Aaron. But um, I'll get there. I'll, I'm gonna listen to the episode. Uh, Snake Eyes, surprisingly not bad. Like surprisingly not bad i was like oh i was i was kind of going in there thinking that it was going to be not a good movie because it's going to be just this origin story and he's going to get his vocal cords cut out uh in a dramatic way not that at all it's almost like a batman begins kind of story better than in terms of uh, the action you're right it is like batman begins (laughs) yeah i mean better better than a um Better than a uh, because they have bad company? action. That, that's that's what I'm saying. They, they, they look terrible. <laughs> They're terrible action movies. <laughs> well, a lot of blue roses, uh, not enough drugs in this movie. Um, but no, it was it was kind of better than a uh, an origin story where you know you kind of just fumble around and then you finally get to where you need to go and you're curious like, okay, well, what was the point of that? Like this one actually kind of just says we're we're gonna try and make more of these and. I, I don't know how it performed. I don't know if it performed super awesome. I don't. I doubt that it did. Or I'm sorry, I doubt that it did very well. But uh, better than I expected it to be. Henry Golding's great. I mean, the guy who is, um, I forget his name. He's in Warrior. On, Andrew uh, Koji. Andrew Koji. Very one note, but I'm sure that's how the character is supposed to be played. But you know, it it, it was kind of a a surprise to me. So that was that was a nice thing. Um, the other thing I saw was uh, Aaron. You and I were jokingly mentioning Chunking Express on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I did watch Chunking Express the week prior, so I think you and I watched it like so, the same. So time. we both watched Chunking Express last at some point last week <laughs> without without knowing our schedules. And it's still a good movie, man. It's it's a fun rewatch. It's kind of just a movie where you can just either watch it and pay attention to all of it. Or kind of just watch it, leave it on the background, and do some other things. It's fun to kind of just go in and out of it. Um, and I, there was actually one more thing, but I can't remember what it was. Did you finish so, a certain movie? No. So uh, I have not finished Cool Hand Luke. So you watched and, all you watched all of Chunking Express. <laughs> you watched. Yeah, it's an hour and forty nine minutes, Aaron, versus Cool Hand Luke, which is like two hours and twelve. You've watched half of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> is is when he talks to his mom? That's half the movie. You got halfway through the movie. More like warm hands look at this point, you know? <laughs> Boom, roasted. There you go. All right. So that's our cool hand Luke update. Richard, for, for just to, so you know, um, Abe has watched half, he, he watched a good portion of cool hand Luke about two and a half months ago now that sounds about right right. and he has yet to finish it but he's watched many other movies in between said time that he could have easily filled by easily finishing the rest of cool head look a movie he was enjoying it's not like he wasn't enjoying it yeah Yeah, it's a a great it's a great movie you should definitely you should definitely finish it (laughs) (laughs) all right richard is also on board of me finishing cool hand luke all right Anyone who watches movies would be on board of finishing the movie. That's that's the takeaway. Is that how you're supposed to watch movies? If you're liking it, yeah, I kind of feel like I want to know where this goes. I feel like that's a good part of the mantra when it comes to watching movies. Makes sense. Makes sense. 
all right i've seen a few things <laughs> this week yes. uh that i will make note of first up is Stillwater, the other bigger release of this week uh starring matt damon uh, it's the new tom mccarthy film uh this movie similar to the empty man is two hours and 20 minutes <laughs> and um that's where the similarities end but uh i <laughs> i enjoyed this movie well enough uh i don't think it's it's not spotlight as far as like tom mccarthy movies go. it's not even I don't know, it's not even the station agent, but I still enjoyed the movie. I think Matt Damon does a good job of playing this Oklahoma roughneck who has to go to go to Marseille, France, to basically help with his daughter who's been in prison for a murder she claims she did not commit. The there's there's kind of two movies in this. Part of it's this thriller thing where it's him kind of dealing with his daughter's situation, and the other is basically a Tom McCarthy movie. It's this thing mm. full of warmth and heart and interesting relationships that you don't see coming. And I liked that part quite a bit. And it takes up pretty much the entire second act. Uh, not pretty much. It is the entire second act before it kind of goes back to more conventional territory. And I was less enamored with that. But uh, there, and it's, it's not like that stuff's bad. It just feels more uh, a little contrived. Uh, but for a good chunk of this movie, I was really enjoying the kind of turns that it took. So in that regard, it's fine. Uh, hmm. uh, the other film that the other big notable film that I watched that we won't talk about too much right now is The Green Knight uh, this is A24's uh, big a- epic film featuring Dev Patel from director David Lowry I, we're going to get like a bonus episode at some point to talk more about The Green Knight but just I'll just say right now it's fantastic <laughs> I, I really enjoyed The Green Knight a lot um, and there's plenty more to say about it Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, um, there is a another movie that I saw. I saw this a while ago at AFI Fest last year. At I virtually saw this at AFI Fest last year. Um, it had just now hit this week, and I wanted to bring uh, some note to it. It's called Amofe. It's a Nigerian film. Uh, Richard, mm-hmm. you know this movie? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Yeah, it's um, Abe. Actually, it's similar to Chunking Express because it is t- it is two stories. Um, that are thematically connected, uh, set in Nigeria, uh, told back to back in one movie. Uh, I think it's quite good. Uh, I there's there's only so much like to say about it without kind of giving away everything that happens. But just note that this it's this Nigerian drama that has that has two distinct stories going on. One involves trying they both involve trying to get out of the area that they're living in. Um, and but I think the film's really well done as far as how it kind of conveys the culture. Uh, does what it needs to kind of express various things about who these people are and where they're living and what kind of trials and tribulations they're going through. It's called AMOFE. I believe it's in like select theaters in LA and in New York, but it will eventually go to um, like virtual theaters, like streaming sites and stuff. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up because I, I got a press release about this movie. It's like, hey, I saw that movie and I really liked it last year. So there it is. Uh, last thing, real quick, because I watched Jungle Cruise, and given mm-hmm. what's going on in that movie, I was like, you know what? I've decided I'm finally going to watch Werner Herzog's Agira, Wrath of God. Uh, <laughs> and I did it, and you know what? That's a pretty damn good movie, guys. <laughs> it's, um, it's a really, really great film, uh, with Klaus Kinski, of course. Uh, really fun to see Germans playing Spaniards. Um, but I, uh, no, it's, it's uh, incredibly well-crafted movie. And I was very happy that I finally had Aaron, I just got a text message it. from Werner. He says, um, he's proud of you. Good. I, I'm glad he's probably proud of me because I watched it and I was like, I should watch the whole thing. And I did like, I think like that's a big part of it. So <laughs> <laughs> granted it's, it's merely 90 something minutes compared to the, the, the whopping, like what, 132 that you're having to deal with for, 
Paul Newman just having a ball with his blue-eyed Grand Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to not get, you know, knocked down in a boxing match for the warden and his crew. Yeah. What annoys me is I can't even make jokes about this because you won't get them because you haven't gotten we'll these yet. parts of the movie yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. But all right. So those are the movies I've seen. That's on no quickies. Great, Mark. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk where we talk about what the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we are talking about King Richard, the upcoming biopic featuring Will Smith as Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena Williams. The film is from director Ronaldo Marcus Green, who directed the film Monsters and Men a uh, few years back. With, with a, that was like a triptych, I believe, with a few people, uh, John David Washington, Anthony Ramos, and the third one that I can't remember. What's his name? It's that. It's um. Kelvin Harrison Jr. There it is. Um, that I like that film quite a bit. He also directed Joe Bell, which just came out like weeks ago, or like a couple weeks ago, I believe. This is the new Mark Wahlberg drama. That's that's not a very good movie, but this is the new movie <laughs> um, <laughs> featuring Will Smith in another Oscar play role. Uh, it's of course dealing with uh, Richard Williams and how he raised his daughters and whatnot to be tennis uh, sensations. But with all that said. Let's jump to Jose first. Jose, what do you think of the trailer for King Richard? Are you looking forward to this film? Yeah, so um, I, like most people on the planet, I would assume I'm familiar with Venus and Serena. Um, and I actually did not really know much about their dad and kind of how big of a hand he had in their in their career. Um, I mean, it makes sense that, that he would have since they started playing very young. Um, but the movie looks interesting, um, at least for me in terms of that. So it's not knowing necessarily, you know, um, everything about him. And uh, Will Smith kind of doing a classic Will Smith not doing his own voice performance. I could be would be good. Sounds like it would be good. Um, It looks entertaining. And, and, you know, we're in the middle of the Olympics and I'm in the full swing of, you know, rah-rah sports mode. And uh, I think this will carry over to that. Richard, how about you? Are you looking forward to King Richard based off what you've seen here in this trailer? Uh, Yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of uh, biopic movies. Um, and I also, you know, think it's kind of weird when they're made about people who are like still around and kind of in the, the height of their careers. I kind of like some distance, uh, <laughs> in biopics, but, uh, I'm a big fan of Will Smith, uh, especially when it gets all misty eyed. I mean, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to knock that. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, the Will Smith crying scene is probably what, what sold me. He's a, he's a really good, uh, he's a really good crier on film so uh yeah i'm sure that it'll probably get some uh award season buzz so i'm, I'm definitely interested in it um and i think it's it's playing on hbo max i believe uh which makes me more likely to to watch it probably than than in theaters hey how about you i like enough of the trailer until i didn't I'm just totally going opposite of Richard and Jose today. I, I don't know why. It's not it's nothing I'm not doing it on purpose, guys. I, I think this movie trailer just looks super generic. It's the story of somebody who didn't believe in me and my kids, and I'm gonna show you from day one how everything was always against us. And you know what? There's gonna be some light airy music and some beautiful golden sunshot sets, and I'm gonna prove you wrong. What's my daughter's name? I'm Serena cool i know this story i love it i i know of the hardships of their uh upbringing as well in terms of like it wasn't always like you know great with the, their dad as their coach 
Um, but I don't, I don't know. Something about the movie just feels super soft. And I was like, Warner Brothers did this? Uh, and I, I, I just was not huge into this trailer. The story itself is, is a good story, but I don't know. I mean, I, I also have a problem with, like, not so much problem. I guess I'm just curious, like, Will Smith doing Will Smith, like, more acting things. I would have loved that when he was younger as well. I mean, taking chances and, and kind of, like, doing things like Neo or, or Django or what have you. Like, I, I think that he's kind of, like, coming around to it and saying, like, cool, if I, I can expand beyond the nice guy image that I need to portray on, on screen and on film. Um and it's just a bummer that he's he's kind of just doing it right, like in his fifties, but you know he's still a young guy, still a lot of time. I mean, I disagree. I think in the two thousands he did push himself. I, I think like Hancock and I Am Legend and I even I Robot to an extent are, despite being blockbuster films, are roles that are more challenging than average, just because he's not playing that guy. He's playing a guy who's been stressed out for a variety of reasons and has to deal sure. with these things, along with things like Seven Pounds, which is a movie. But still, <laughs> this story, let alone, you know, Ali in Pursuit of Happiness, films that got him Oscar nominations. Like, I do think he's sure. pushed himself. And I think later, what, I mean, Ali's 2000, Pursuit of Happiness is 2007. I mean, it's, it's he's been doing these things. But I I, I like seeing him back here is my thought. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like concussion came around a few years back and that didn't work out as far as him going, like getting that Oscar route. But the films he's been doing, you know, between Suicide Squad and Bright, it was like a weird period. And then some other things come around and like i always like will smith i always enjoy seeing him on screen and but i do like seeing him challenge himself you're right i i I don't i don't not want to see him you know do more than what i i believe he's capable of and it's you know i want to talk about this trailer specifically today because we're going to talk about another actor who could really do with pushing himself i think uh compared to just kind of coasting on the same kind of thing uh with this yeah it's a drama uh but i and you're not wrong uh richard and abe about like the biopic aspect being a thing where i'm like okay yeah it's gonna tell a story and it's gonna have a pretty it's you know pretty clear arc as far as what's gonna happen but i if i'm in it for something it's to see just good performances and i'm i'm hoping that that's what arises out of this that it's not just standard good as far as yeah why would they why would i not expect a, you know talented actors to do a good job but I, I hope that you know transcends in some sense so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens but i mean i i've been looking forward to this one as far as i've known about it for a while and then it got delayed a year so it's like okay now we're gonna finally see this you know this big biopic that he wanted to do as the the william sister's father so i, I i'm hoping for the best but we'll, you know we'll see what happens um uh, king richard hits theaters and HBO Max simultaneously, of course, on uh, no, November 19th, 2021. So uh, this Thanksgiving, <laughs> get ready. Get ready for tennis. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our main review for Jungle Cruise. My name is Dr. Lily Houghton. My brother and I are looking for passage up river. What's out there in the jungle? It's not a fun vacation. Well, I'm not here for a vacation. Legend has it that there is a tree that possesses unparalleled healing power. It will change medicine forever. And you need someone to help you find it. Here we go. Sometimes it just needs a bit of a... Nobody touches my engine but me. What did I just... There you go. We're gonna do this together. Haven't you been dreaming about adventure? She was always chasing after some far-fetched idea. 
such thing as curses. Everything that you see wants to kill you and can. Do you want to turn back? Nope, just getting started. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Jungle Cruise. We've seen a number of theme park-based films come from Disney. Some have been less than successful, like The Haunted Mansion. Others have been massive successes that have led to very prosperous franchises, such as Pirates of the Caribbean. Jungle Cruise wants to operate as the latter, obviously, given the premise and the nature of how things play out. And why shouldn't it? You have big stars, such as Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. You have a director who's known for making offbeat choices, uh, young Colette Sarah, who's specialized in Liam Neesploitation films for the past few years. <laughs> and now they've all combined forces to make a big-budget Disney adventure film. But we'll see what we all have to say about Jungle Cruise and how successful it is at channeling various films such as Pirates, such as The Mummy, such as African Queen, uh, by jumping over to you guys to see what you thought. So let's start with Richard. What did you think of Jungle Cruise? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's a big, you know, summer blockbuster adventure movie. Um, I thought it was a nice way to kind of mix up the you know superhero blockbusters summers that we've had for so many years. Uh, you know, it's been so long since we've had a pirates movie, and even longer, well, even longer since we've had a good pirates movie. Uh, so it was kind of fun to have a, a big adventure like that again. Um, I really like Johnson and Emily Blunt, so that was cool to see. Um, I don't think uh, Colette Seurat quite has the um, momentum and pacing that Gore Verbinski has, but he's definitely, you know, trying to operate in the style of the, of the Pirates films. Uh, and I thought there's a lot of, you know, an, enough fun stuff there that I could see this becoming a... Uh, a franchise um so yeah I, I thought it was a i thought it was a good time um not as good as the as the mummy but few things are <laughs> talking tom cruise's mummy right <laughs> uh, mummy. no no not tom <laughs> I, I <laughs> you have to remind me that that movie exists sometimes it's like oh, yeah, cru- cruise mummy yeah that was the thing that we talked about <laughs> if only they had just gone straight comedy with it it would have been great I mean, they did. It just wasn't funny. That was the part. No, they were trying to do, like, dramatic things with it. I was like, Tom, just do comedy with it. Anyway. <laughs> Jose, what would you think of Jungle Cruise? Uh, yeah, I had a, l- a lot of fun with it as well. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, uh, specifically that first one. I was uh, I was nine when that movie came out, so it hit me, like, you know, the, the perfect time. I, I, I think that movie to me is what Indiana Jones was to, to a lot of people. Cause I hadn't seen Indiana Jones. So that, that was my uh, first sort of like swashbuckling adventure movie. Um, two really charismatic leads in that movie. And I think that's, that's what carries this one as well. Um, the rock and Emily Blunt, all their back and forth is really fun. Um, I, I have some gripes with some of the things that um, I think there's some things you could, you could cut out honestly, and you could probably cut like 20, 30 minutes off this movie and it'd be just, um, just ripping the whole time. Um, but overall, I had a lot of fun. Um, I think some of the CG stuff, eh, I, I think you could have been a little bit better. Um, I don't know that we needed like Edgar Ramirez's character at, at all, really. It felt very uh, Davy Jones. Uh, so I, I see what they were going for. Um, but overall, it was a lot of fun. And I did kind of sit through the credits for a little bit, hoping that, you know, it would cut back and 
the rock and emily blunt would be talking and she'd be like have you heard of this mountain it's called the matterhorn and, you know, and then they cut away <laughs> <laughs> and i'd be like okay well, i'm ready i'm in for free. <laughs> um but yeah overall um I, overall i enjoyed it abe where are you at with the jungle cruise Jungle Cruise is, uh, I think it's actually a fun enough movie for everybody involved. I mean, I'm talking about like for all the people that made it and also all the audiences that are going to go see it. I, I certainly like the look of it in terms of its brightness and its airiness, and it comes with a double-edged sword on that front. I'll get to it in a second. But I think the other thing, too, like what Jose is saying is it's it's kind of long, uh, and I, I started to feel it a little bit, especially when there's a lull kind of like in that transition from second to third act where they have to go and meet with um, a tribe in a tree. But, you know, beyond that, I love the exploration of worlds and I love them just like, I, I love the frenetic pace of it because it, it, it just added to the summerness of it. So uh, some things that, that sort of were not taken away from it, but yes, uh, everybody's a little bit too clean. The, the image looks a little bit too clean. And so it's family friendly fun, but you know, no scrapes, no bruises. And I think some of the shots, as great as they are in terms of composition, um, it just looks a little too bright sometimes. This is just a personal preference, right? Um, but uh, I think that the action sequences, mm, they're fine. Uh, the movie is kind of like more meat and potatoes with the three, the trio, Emily Blunt, Jack Whitehall, and, and Dwayne Johnson. Uh, and when those folks are on the screen, it just it's fun. It's, it's fun to follow these folks on here. And this is a movie where I haven't seen it in such a long time where they travel by map. And I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> and no, they it's not a joke. They literally get to like that destination and we're just there. It's like two days later. So I was like, mm, all right. OK, that's a choice. But overall, it, it's uh, it's good. Is it great? Maybe not. But is it better than like what Aaron was naming off some other live action movies um, where they were trying to make rides into things? Yes, like, you know, I think that, Richard, you were saying that it doesn't really achieve Gore Verbinski levels of of, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but I'm glad that they kind of took this concept of a Jungle Cruise. They actually made the Jungle Cruise the the, um, ride in the first, you know, 15 minutes of the movie, and then they just went on their own way and just said, like, hey, this is is the story that we want to tell. I'll, uh, I'll give it this. It may not rise to Gore Verbinski's Pirates movies, which I like, the that trilogy. It, it is better than Rob Marshall's Stranger Tides. I'll give I'll give this movie that. It, sure, it sure. wins it wins that battle because that movie is garbage. But uh, I don't dislike this movie, but I don't think I'm as high on it as you guys. I think Jungle mm-hmm. Cruise is fine, but I like I wanted to have more fun. If that's fair to yes, say. I understand. I think there's a good first hour of this movie where I was enjoying everything that was going on. I like The Rock. I like what Blunt's doing. I like Whitehall. I, I, I don't know much of him, but I know he's a big you know English star. And it's like, hey, good for him. He's got a big like American breakout movie because we all need to be Americans. But um, I, <laughs> but I, I like I like this trio. I like what these guys are doing. It was fun like seeing how the ride was incorporated into the film. I was digging it, digging the adventure. Jesse Plemons shows up. We'll talk more about him in a while. Um, all that stuff was good. Then the movie makes a very abrupt change to basically go from being a straightforward adventure story to being one that incorporates like stuff that was ripped out of a pirates movie. And right. I just stopped enjoying. Like I didn't stop, but I like I just it felt dramatically less entertaining to me than it was beforehand. And it's not that I'm against the idea of saying like you know basically magic. Uh, being thrown into the mix 
but it just there was nothing about it that felt especially entertaining uh, from a kind of like a plot standpoint like it's like okay that's a surprise but what are we doing from there and from there it just kind of went honestly on rails uh like the ride and it I, I can't say it served it for the better to have like more more backstory stuff that felt like it was overcomplicating things and yes, making the movie longer and adding additional villains that I only have so much to say about, which is a shame because I like Edgar, Edgar Ramirez, but it feels like he gets shoehorned mm-hmm. into certain roles that just don't suit him and he feels like he's better than these. Um, where Let's make it clear. He's way better than these. Yeah, like, but... he's, a, he's a dramatic actor and he's great at it. So yeah, some of these roles are just like, mm, all right. Where if this movie was just like these people are, you know, against Jesse Plemons, Prince, <laughs> Prince Joachim, uh, German aristocrat. Well, now we know his name, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, big spoiler. There. <laughs> uh, he, he's going to kill us. Um, kill us. <laughs> like if it was just like a venture movie focused on like that plot line and like maybe like, you know, like most Indiana Jones movies at the very end. It's like, by the way, magic. But like this right. one's like halfway through. It's like magic time, guys. And there's a lot of complications. And I had questions. Um, yeah. But... It's, it's, yeah there, there's certainly more than that too and we'll get there so overall like i like the movie fine i i necessarily think i had my hopes like too high but at the same time it's like well you you, you promoted, promoted a certain thing and it's not like you didn't give it to me it just feels like you didn't really stray off the path of how to do one of these and i wish it colored outside the lines a little bit i'm mixing a lot of metaphors here uh so <laughs> it's I, I i wanted to like it more than i did and there's other things that we'll get to, but for the most right. part, yeah, I, I enjoyed what I was seeing. I just, at a certain point, I just was enjoying it less. I, I feel like you're not saying anything too far off from what Hosanna are saying, too. Like, the magic element of it, it works out okay, but then they bring it up twice in two separate, like, flashbacks? And I was like, but, but hold, on, hold, on, hold on, Metallica infused flashbacks. Metallica infused flashback. It's the only song credit in the title or in the credits. Um, but it, it was a strange thing to see this twice and then get more backstory for a character that I don't really care about that much in in the Edgar Ramirez character. Like I actually really like that opening of just you know lost treasures and searching for things. Back in the day of, you know, exploration yeah, like, of Magellan. I agree. I like the first flashback as far as, like, magical MacGuffin. Boom, there it is. This yep. guy, you know, he did a thing and it he's, sucked he's, for him. Not, yeah, exactly. It's Set up, two minutes, I'm out. Good for that. Yep. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 again, I like the first hour. Yeah, the first, like, 20 minutes where it's, like, Edgar Ramirez, Emily Blunt, rock. Like, okay, cool. Right. We're, on, we're on our path. We're good to go. Right. Yeah, but it, it kind of repeats itself with more explanation of the storyline. And uh, at the point, I was like, why is this happening at this point in the movie? Because I, I get that something happened to The Rock at that point anyway. But I just was thinking to myself, this would have been better served earlier or just like what Jose was saying, just cut out. Uh, yeah, I have thoughts on that, but I want to get to there because that's like a jumping yeah. ahead. But Richard, where, where are you with like the kind of infusing of Supernatural into this kind of movie? Um, well, I was I was kind of expecting it, so it didn't shock uh-huh. me that, that was included in there. Um, mm-hmm. I figured that there would be an additional uh, element other than just kind of like a straightforward uh, adventure. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was. I, I could just, I, I could like was... I I agree with you as far as like yeah I I did not know that there was something happening as far as like yeah we got like some kind of magic thing's gonna happen. I guess I'm just 
the amount of it, I felt like it was overwhelming. I, I that, that's me. But like, so, so you're, so you're, di- you're digging it. You, you're, you're into like the kind of like where it went in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was cool with that. I mean, kind of like what Jose was saying earlier uh, about the mummy, it just kind of gave me mm-hmm. those similar vibes. Uh, I feel like it's kind of more in that vein than in Indiana Jones, yeah. whereas there's some, there's you know a little bit of supernatural stuff, but it's you know mostly uh kind of straightforward action but i figured there'd kind of be some kind of a hook just because the way that disney kind of thinks of these as potential franchises i figured there'd be some kind of a Uh magic hook to go with that Mm -hmm. so here's another question yeah i don't feel like i need to ask what did you guys think of johnson and blunt together did they have chemistry like i feel like that's obvious i think we could all agree yeah they had jokes and they're funny right is that fair to say no, I thought they were yeah. terrible together. Okay. Uh, so let me so let me ask this question. Did you think they had romantic chemistry? Because I no. I this <laughs> no. movie is clearly supposed to be an adventure romance based off just history of film. Did yeah. did you guys buy the fact that they were not only like bickering because hey, we're kind of friends, but that they were slowly falling in love with each other? Did that track to you guys? No, I, I... Go ahead, Jose. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think, um, uh, speaking of things that I would cut out, right, like, I think that Edgar Ramirez, I, I feel bad for him because he's in it for, like, probably a total of, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and when I saw him at the beginning and I saw what happened to his character, I was like, well, you don't bring Edgar Ramirez in for, like, you know, three seconds at the beginning of the movie, so he's going to have something else to do later, um, mm-hmm. but I would also, I think, I would just cut out the romantic subplot, like, it's fine. Let them just be friends. Like, I think that's perfectly okay. Like when, when Rachel Weiss and, you know, Brendan Fraser look at each other, like I feel things in the mummy. I'm like, Ooh, it's getting, you know, it's getting a little warm in this room, but I, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get that in here. And honestly, the turn at the end, which sort of hangs a little bit on this, this romantic, you know, theme, I, I, I didn't fully buy it. Um, but I, I think it would have been perfectly fine with them just, just being friends. Um, that, that's one of the things that I would agree with, or I think that's where Aaron was, was going that I, I, I didn't fully buy and it kind of, you know, took me out of the movie a little bit. Like I, 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 they're fine or actually they're, they're wonderful together as like this dynamic duo. And especially when you add in Jack Whitehall, it just becomes this trio of comedy and, um, almost like machismo to some degree i know that's not probably the right word but there certainly is like this matter of i'm i'm here on my own trying to do my thing just get me there guy and buddies so there's like buddies some, is the yeah word. buddies <laughs> buddy cop stuff yeah sure and there's yeah. a lot of fun riffing whatever else even the part where she's trying to get oxygen through uh dwayne johnson's mouth i was like it's funny that she <laughs> she slaps him first uh <laughs> but with all that i i just didn't see it at the end i mean i i don't no, but I, I just don't think that I felt that that connection of them saying, "Cool, well now we can be like a romantic pair." Do I do I dismiss it? No, it's it's fun, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, like I don't think that I was, I don't think I would have earnestly believed it because of uh, of where we went on this journey. No, Richard, you brought up the mummy and whatnot. Did did you feel this was a an an, a, an asset that helped the film at all? <laughs> no, well, I did not believe that there were. Uh the romantic chemistry i thought they were you know great together in terms of as you guys said being friends and partners i feel like part of that is just like when you cast these big stars who are already known and have already like carved out a space for themselves yeah in movies it's kind of hard to like believe that they've been in a relationship and just like having seen 
so much of of Emily Blunt and so many Dwayne Johnson movies and just like knowing their own personal lives. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of hard to to buy that <laughs> they were kind of the type that would go for each other and not just be uh, friends. Does the rock mm-hmm. ever have romantic chemistry? Like, is that ever a thing in like his movies? Oh yeah. Like yeah. Did you not see pending game with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and uh, Anthony Mackie? <laughs> that guy's going for it. Like, I mean, he's like, uh, he's married in skyscraper. He's Nev Campbell's his wife in that movie. Like, Oh, I forgot about that. That's like, that's like already yeah. a thing. Like, but like his other movies, is there like a, is that an aspect? I'm trying to think if he has like. He's married in San a... Andreas. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. he had a Carlo well, Gugino yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Carlo Gugino, yeah. You bring up but a good point though. They're not together for most of the movie. Yeah, you know, you're you're what I'm yeah. saying, Jose. Like, is there a movie where like him he meets him he meets somebody and like throughout the movie they slowly fall in love. Like, is that a thing that we see in like, no, what, like the Scorpion King? No. Is that what I'm going with here? I mean, he has three things <laughs> in the Scorpion King, doesn't he? Yeah. No, I that in, in, in the Mummy Returns he does. In the movie, oh, The Scorpion sorry. King. <laughs> the, the successful franchise that has spawned at least three sequels. <laughs> I come for the woman and your head. Come on. <laughs> no, I think I think part of his persona is is so there's an inherent wink to 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 some of the things that he does. A lot of the things that he does, mm-hmm. especially in something like this movie where he's he's got the dad jokes and he's got a guitar and and all. That. I think he's trading a lot on his you know persona outside of this movie. Yeah. And, and it, within that persona, I don't I don't know that like romantic leading man is is a part of that. There's there's like a showmanship to it. There's a charisma for sure. Um, but I don't think that's ever been part of his um you know his thing. Yeah. And you that's a really good point. I, I don't think it works here and i'd be hard pressed to think of another another place where it, where it does it feels because i i i mean i'm obviously on board with this i think it is forced in this movie and it feels like it would have been better served for yeah them just to be like buddies like not people that are slowly falling in love with each other that said the movie that's what this movie is i mean i brought i referenced some key ones obviously african queen the mummy like <laughs> along with in every indiana jones movie or um, romancing the romancing stone, the stone yeah. where sure. it's like or even overboard to some degree over a famous jungle movie <laughs> overboard yeah. the, um, the, the, um, even aquaman recently right of course aquaman yeah. she he, he, she yeah. eats roses in front of him and they fall up that's how it Chicks. works that's how that <laughs> i mean i mean redheads <laughs> then he jumps out the plane um but i mean yeah it, the movie's requiring this and yeah you cast the rock and it doesn't feel like that's the way you kind of go with something like this, but okay, it's there. But it's also weird because, like, it's not like it's been hard for Disney to do this in the past, right? I mean, think about the Pirates movies for what, like, that's Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom, like, being hot for each other throughout, like, three movies. Yep. Like, that's 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 that thing. Like, it, it feels... it's The way it's handled here... It, it feels weirdly, like, chaste as far as, like, what we're, like, trying to get. It's like, yeah, they, like, kiss each other eventually. Okay. Like, that's it. And it's like, we're, just, we're supposed to accept this. It's it's things like this, guys, where I, I just I find the movie a little yeah. too on rails for me. These as are far the things as, like, that, that hang you back. <laughs> it, it, it's just like a checklist without, like, doing the work. And I it holds me from enjoying yeah. the adventure more but i'm going to keep complaining guys so like i want you guys you back yourselves up where where is the where's the where's the other fun coming out of this cuz so far i'm like too much magic and cg and too too much bad romance what yeah. what, are the, what are the what are the cool things that like helped the, in this movie and i'll i'll probably come around what what are what are those i things? think there there are a couple things that they do that are smart where they're subverting the expectation a little bit right you have the this tribe of the natives and i think 
it's sort of built into the narrative of the the Rock's character, um, whose name is escaping me right now. Frank. Um, Frank. Or, or Frank, Skippy. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um, essentially, that beginning, like, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie, he's just like a giant con man <laughs> that entire time, which is really fun. Um, and, and built into that is that, you know, they set up this this tribe of natives, and you get a little hint at the beginning that he's playing some tricks there. Um, and then the twist is that they're just like, you know, everybody's like, they're all cool. Like, they're not they're not really cannibals. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. Um, there's that, and then there's, there's a, we, like you said, we try not to get into spoilers, but there is sort of like an explanation for why the rock seems to be so uh, impervious to, you know, Jaguar attacks and everything else that happens <laughs> in the movie. Um, and that's kind of a fun twist as well, because I think that's like a trope now that, uh, you know, has extended for many, many movies of just like, you know, the rock's one of those guys who doesn't, you know, you can fall off a building. It's like, whatever, it's fine. Like, I, you'll be okay. You're not wrong. You got me there because there was a point where like his pet Jaguar that we learn is his pet over time. Mm-hmm. He, like straight up bites his hand and it's like right. he just kind of shrugged that one off guys like it's yeah. like I, I understand that the, the ruse he's throwing here but he did get bit by a jaguar it doesn't well, seem like that's the easiest thing that let's like take i mean the other thing is also i was gonna bring up if if it wasn't revealed that the jaguar is his buddy i was gonna be like the rock fights a jaguar in a bar in this movie guys like that doesn't make any sense yeah, but um, at the same but, time, if you told me you got to see Jungle Cruise, The Rock fights a jaguar, I'd be like, I'm gonna see that right away. Why didn't I see that already? <laughs> this is a good point. That that jaguar. That is a good snakes. selling point for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Jose, you're not wrong. I, I think that there certainly are other things that Aaron. I don't think you're. I don't think you're. I, I actually think that you and I are probably on the same page uh, in terms of like fun level factor for this. Again, I'm uh, thumbs up on this movie overall. I I, I just yeah, I want I want to hear I, I from hear I want to hear from Jose yeah. and I want to hear from Richard. Like what what else, what are what are the other things? What are the cool? What is the other cool stuff in Jungle Cruise that's like that that's making it like an enjoy? Did you not see the boat? We'll talk about the boat, Richard. Tell me about this think... boat. Was the boat cool? Did you like the boat? Ah, uh, yeah, the the bow is pretty cool, but I was gonna bring up uh, Jesse Plemons and the bees. There we go. Yes. <laughs> there we go. I thought that was, I thought that was a lot of fun. I liked what Jesse Plemons was doing. Uh, he was just going all in on it. Uh, I don't know if he was like doing like a Herzog impression. Uh, at times it seemed like he was, but then there was also just like another just like really odd element to it uh, that kind of like bordered on camp. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Klaus Kinski impression, honestly. Uh, the yeah. affectations and just the kind of seriousness yet, I don't know, dandyish elements that are all yeah. Of characters. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's definitely some dandyish elements. Like I'm pretty sure he has eyeliner on in a couple of of scenes, which I thought was a really interesting choice uh, as well. So yeah, I just I feel like the actors are having so much fun, which kind of just like mm-hmm. pulled me in. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like you can really tell that the cast had a blast making it. Uh, so that that just kind of suckers me in a little bit as well. I agree. I mean, that, that's that's key to why I like this movie. It does feel like people had a good time making it. You're not wrong there. I, I feel like that's a, that can be infectious. Uh, right. And, of course, we also got Paul Giamatti doing his latest I Have Wild Accents, and I want to make sure I see them in movies. So that's, that's, he's, he's throwing that in there also. <laughs> why did he shout out Frank when clearly the German U-boat is the one that destroyed all his boats? Because he knows that Frank's – if you see a German U-boat, you're thinking, this is probably Frank. Like That's that's oh, a, that's involved. such a Frank thing to happen. <laughs> I like that when he said Frank, he dropped the accent and just said Frank is yeah, Paul Giamatti. Just, I know, just like American voice, yeah. <laughs> he just turned into Paul Giamatti. 
Uh, I also want to ask you guys about the, I guess the, the ride aspect of it early on, which was, I think all of us said that we all enjoyed it. Did you guys think that there were, this was going to go in the direction that it went or was it just, yep, yeah, pretty much paid by numbers. Aaron, to use your, your analogy here, it's like paid by numbers after we were introduced to the jungle cruise ride, uh, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, it's just paid by numbers. We're going to go on this adventure. It's going to have like everything that a jungle offers, like what you're saying, uh, Jose indigenous folks, uh, maps, treasure, secrets like or did it kind of surprise you anywhere here i'll I'll say this for one thing as far as the ride portion of the movie goes Mm -hmm. i am a sucker for every jungle cruise joke there is like they they make me laugh now that said if the if the the skipper is good on the ride that makes it better if they're not that good at delivering them then you know what am i what did i wait in line for guys am i right but um but the jokes and themselves you waited in line for a while well the jokes it's typically a pretty short line uh the joke they can load a lot of people in there it makes a lot of sense meanwhile <laughs> peter pan takes forever to get one person into a ride so it takes a long time that's why the ride's long anyway um the, <laughs> i i'm a sucker for the puns the puns get me on jungle cruise so rocks doing a bunch of jungle cruise puns i'm into it uh but to to address your question specifically, like going on rails, it's not that I'm against the idea of a template. Like I get it. It's an adventure movie. You have to go. There's only so many ways you go with this kind of thing. I will say though, not that everyone can be Gore Verbinski, but like those pirates movies had like a lot of stuff in them. Like they were packed right. movies. Like the the second yeah. one and the third one are about like the effects of the East India Trading Company on society and how that reflects modern day politics. It's like. I'm not asking for Disney's Jungle Cruise to be on that level, but it's like you could. There's more stuff to do, I think, than just be as straightforward as you are, and then like add a bunch of CG gook without doing much no, more. No real consequences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it feels like it. I don't know. It feels shallow, I guess. Where I I I would have I it would have been nice to benefit from from some straying from the trail to some degree, but so so Aaron's answer to my question: no surprises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think I mentioned, you know, a couple places where they, they you know, zig instead of zag. And I think maybe the the fact that those are there make the paint by numbers parts even a, a little bit more disappointing. I actually think the best in, in that respect, the action, the best action scene is probably the, the first one when she's stealing the arrowhead. Mm-hmm. I in, in the like library with the, <clears throat> the little ladder things and her she's zooming around um i I don't know if that was an obvious or it was was supposed to be a a, a reference to the mummy but that's exactly what i got oh for Um, sure a person in the library fumbling around yeah exactly (laughs) um and and i think actually that's probably the most clear um action scene as well because you get into very very choppy territory later um and then just fighting with the (laughs) yes the the (laughs) what was it the the butter churn um Yeah, yeah (laughs) um and then you know fighting the the cg guys um i I think is always going to feel a little uh they they feel mushy and like not in a good way Mm -hmm. um not in a way that sometimes those pirates movies uh those guys felt really uh i don't know what the good word for is they they felt mushy but in a way where like yes there was a tactile feeling to it yeah and it it felt gross right like these guys don't they they just kind of look like cg gobbledygook yeah, I mean, the majority like, of the, the pirate, time. That's got, a good way to describe it. You got it, like crustacean people in the pirates, let alone ghosts and skeletons or whatnot. Where this one has like yeah. Snake Man, mm-hmm. Mud Boy, and Honeydew. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, they blended uh, in with their environment. Come on, can you blame them? I mean, I like what they're going for, but I don't disagree with Jose. It's like two hundred million dollars, huh? Like, 
right? Yeah. Who, who is a better Bumblebee, um, uh, Sean Bean <laughs> or uh, this guy? Oh yeah, that's right. Sean Bean was all about the bees in, in that uh, Jupiter ascending. Right? <laughs> well, he was Sean Bean, so he wins by default. He's Sean I think, Bean, in this so he right? And he he wasn't the bad guy, so he also wins. Um, no, I I I agree with you guys that some of the CG actually took me out of the movie. Not not totally out, but I was like, mm, I don't really understand how these guys are fighting here and why they're not just like able to decimate everybody that they're fighting because they <laughs> control everything on the on the ground on that everybody is standing on. Well, they kind uh, of so, do, right? Like, he's got, like, snake powers, or he's muddy. I don't know. Exactly that guy's got like root snake. power. He's got, like, tree power. So, yeah, but I also agree that I just... It, it was fairly violent, but that also could have been more violent, because they could have easily just destroyed everybody, but... Well, it had an out, right? It had an out for violence because they were made of elements, so it didn't have to, like, get nasty with it. It doesn't have to actually, like, show, right? Um... Anyway, Richard, uh, Richard, let's jump back to you. We're, well, yeah. the, for Abe's original question, like the the, the lack of surprise, surprise or were any surprises did that play a factor in this for you? Um, I thought that the the second flashback with the Metallica soundtrack was pretty surprising. I was not expecting that uh, reveal for for the Rock's character, so I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I mean, not necessarily surprising because you know third acts usually have a big climactic set piece but i did like the set piece with the tree and emily blunt running up the the various branches and stuff i thought that that was well done in terms of creating a a sense of of tension um you know at at least to see kind of what the what the outcome was going to be of that so i thought that was pretty fun um you know i i would have liked to see coetzera lean more into his uh his horror roots yeah Uh, yeah you know, especially going back to uh, the, you know, the the jungle guys, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. um, you know, just thinking about some of the stuff that he pulled off in, in House of Wax. Yeah, uh, I think that he had an opportunity to go a little darker here, because I mean, like, even even if you compare it to like the Pirates movies, I feel like there are some legitimately pretty creepy moments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for for being, you know, a, a Disney movie. So I do kind of wish that he had pushed that uh, a little more. And if we do get a sequel, I'd love to see that he directs. I'd love to see him like go further into that, that horror territory. I, I completely agree with you. And that's, it, it's the stuff where it just keeps stacking for me as far as like right. what, what brings it down to like merely a B minus ish or something, as opposed to something bitter. It's, it's like, I, who you are know, you, Peter Paris? <laughs> you have, <laughs> You have Colette Sarah, who I agree, he's a very he can be a very stylish director. Regardless of how much you like his Hitchcockian swerves with Neeson, I do he does like bring a level of effort to it where it doesn't feel like the average movie. Or even House of Wax. I also watched they had that Screen Factory release a few weeks ago. I watched House of Wax again, which I've always thought was pretty solid. It's still pretty solid and it has a very it's a very directed movie. And I get it. It's a two hundred million dollar jungle cruise movie. There's not a whole lot of room to do much else, but at the same time, Gore Verbinski made three fucking pirates movies that had a very much distinct stamp on them, so it's yeah. I don't want to keep using that comparison point, but no, the movie keeps going out of its way. By, yeah. The movie like, keeps when you travel by map, mm-hmm. it's probably not the best use of your time. Well, even then, I mean that's like something visually dynamic compared to No, no, other, I'm so. just saying like if you have to like go to where you're getting and then pick up the movie from there, it's like mm, feels like something something was uh, misaligned in terms of how they may have shot it. I, I do want to also mention that Richard, you're mentioning something like 
uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was maybe thinking that's kind of where it could have gone in the first 10 minutes of this movie. First 10 minutes of this movie are excellent. I, I had a great time watching all of that unfold. Um, I, I also just thought of other movies as this movie was going along here uh-huh. and how there might be tighter or better. I mean, remember, Aaron, we talked about Missing Link like three years ago or something like that. There's a lot um, of Missing Link in this movie, by the way. Like, the yeah, of, in terms of where everybody ends up by the end, like, there's a lot of Missing Link in this movie. Yes, yeah, especially, like, with, like, a speech at the end of the movie, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I I thought that Missing Link was it's a shorter movie. Obviously, it's, like, an hour, 40-some-odd minutes. Tighter script, you know, kind of gets to where it needs to go and great uh, action sequences as well with what we're all saying here, a little bit of a darker element, too, especially with like a bridge at the end of the movie. But, um, yeah, I, I I think it's just a little bit excessive in that it tries to actually do a lot of things too much. So, I mean, we're talking about Dead Man's Chest here, too. There There is an element of Edgar Ramirez kind of just saying, like, I did it for some uh for for a family reason and i am also in pain don't you understand it's like bro this isn't your movie like this is <laughs> this is the rock emily blunt setting up character setting up shot movie you're supposed to come in, in the second one but they're just like no let's fast track everybody and i think that really is a detriment to the movie is it weird that edgar ramirez hasn't been in a pirates movie he, I was like, are you sure he hasn't? <laughs> well, I thought about that for a second. I was like, no, I was like wasn't he in the one with <laughs> Chow Yun-Fat? No, uh, yeah, that fifth one has Javier that's, Bardem. That's a... So, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're getting there. Oh, there you, you go. <laughs> the types of explorers that would be around during this time. But um, right. regardless, you, what you're saying as far as, well, a thing you said earlier, uh, that brings me back to Dwayne Johnson, who yes, yeah. who, who we like, Jose, you really like. Richard, I assume uh, you like Dwayne Johnson, am I right? Oh uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, we all we all like The Rock. I it's I don't think he's bad here. I think he does his job. He does the does the puns. He nails those, and he wears that hat really well. And you know, we like people that wear a good hat. Hats. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good hats. The poster has two hats. The poster has three hats. There's a lot of hats Who's in this the third poster. hat. <laughs> Jack Whitehall. Mm. And and probably. Um, Paul, G- Paul Giamatti, of course. It's, it's like four hats in this movie. I'm getting, I'm getting on a hat track here. Let, let me get back where I was. So Dwayne Johnson, I think, I, I think he is, I, I think he's having a lot of fun here. I don't think this movie requires him to do like too much, nor would I think that it'd be better for it. But when you get to this midway point where you learn a lot about his backstory, which includes a lot of time that has passed with him, that that's an area where like I want to see Dwayne Johnson push himself, and that's what I was talking about with Will Smith earlier. Like there are right. ways where he can do more. I'm not saying that Dwayne Johnson necessarily the best actor, but at the same time, how would I know that if he never challenges himself? And I want I I'd like to see that more. And I'm not saying Jungle Cruise necessarily afforded him the opportunity to, but the story of a guy that's lived the life he's lived, there's some introspection there that could have like benefited this film, I think, and maybe maybe may have brought me on board to some of the stuff that happens in the second half. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. You're not I wrong. Think, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think I think that's the perfect thing that you could have slotted in, you know, and and taken out some of the Edgar Ramirez stuff because I think you can keep that whole backstory for him, honestly, mm-hmm. and and excise the the CGI guys fairly easily, and you keep you know Jesse Plemons there because um, he's fun the the entire time, um, and, and I think that would be fun. Um, and, and in terms of other things that I enjoyed with with the movie overall, it's just uh, uh, I, I'm remembering that there's a couple of fun moments where I think they set up Emily Blunt usually to kind of do something really cool or fun, 
and then it kind of like backfires almost like jack yeah it almost and it almost like jackie chan backfires but then also works out in a way <laughs> and and i wanted a little bit more of that throughout the movie i think maybe in the last third and some of that action it could have been fun as well um but but i'm right, right there with you on on uh Dwayne. i think he he has I, he's shown it in moments in other movies i'm thinking of things like um uh he had that movie where he's just like a dad whose kid gets snitch wrapped up yes i think that one um i think <laughs> skyscraper um, he gave himself a fake leg i mean you know he's, he's yeah yeah I, I, he can he can push the the dramatic uh acting for sure right um remember skyscraper think, when he jumped across the building he when he jumped leg. across uh, off that crane <laughs> on yeah. one leg. i don't think that's how the like physics him... works but you know <laughs> yeah. as an engineer he knows I, I do. Um, I would like to see him a little more grizzled, or uh, you know, in, in a sort of a larger existential crisis, a little bit based yeah. on based on the backstory that we get from him. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be I like... Feel like. I feel like he's saving up for for Black Adam. He said it's the most. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the he's most challenging physically uh, and mentally. Interesting. Uh, that he's ever done. So I feel like he's probably he's just saving up his his energy for that. Now you say that, and Richard, I know, I'm aware you're a big comics guy. Are, I I assume you're looking forward to Black Adam. I think we all. I mean, it's been talking about it for yeah. like a decade now at this point. Oh yeah. Do, do, yeah, you, do sure. you think do you, do you think that's actually to come to fruition? Do you think like and it's Yom Kippur Sarah still right? Like it's the same. Yeah. 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 Same director. Do you, after do you think he's gonna be able to like pull that out? Like the film will actually afford him the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, I do. I, uh, I think that he, I think that he's I mean, he's he's worked on it for so long and, you know, worked so hard to, to get the script right. So I, I do think that we're going to see something different from him. And I mean, the role is is pretty uh, is pretty challenging, um, you know, in terms of not being the, the good guy that we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for so long. I mean, he's a, he's an antihero, but he's also a dictator uh a murderer so yeah I'm, I'm really interested to see what he does with that i i it, am it too a... yeah i yeah I, the most i know about black adam is based off like the injustice 2 video game so like i am really really fresh <laughs> when it comes to black adam right now and i think the other thing that you we should keep in mind is that he's so he's shown glimpses of this and uh, you, you mentioned snitch uh jose and i was joking about pain and gain but Games is best performance. Yeah, there's, more, yeah there, there's more that he's like doing there, either from the script or from the director standpoint. And I, I know that there's like a joke that was going around on Twitter a few months back. It's like, is um, is uh, uh, what's his face from Guards of the Galaxy, Drax? Dave Bautista. Yeah. Is Dave Bautista a better actor than the than Dwayne Johnson's? Like, I don't know if he's a better actor, but he certainly takes more chances than Dwayne Johnson does. And so when I'm seeing Dave Bautista in something like Blade Runner 2049 in an ultra serious role saying these lines that do actually matter to the entire plot of the story, I'm like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Dave Bautista doing that. So, I mean, he even has like a Hulu commercial out right now as like the streamer. And it's fucking hilarious. I mean, the and I was fa- like, the I, fact, I'd watch a show about that. The fact that Batista can be that like sympathetic in the five minutes he's in Blade Runner and be as hilarious as he is in the Guardians movies, I think shows how much range that he has as an actor. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to be Drax. It's not easy to make that work. That could fall right. flat on its face in an instant if you have some other like lumbering actor that dis- like some other lumbering wrestling star who has like charisma in their presence but just can't say a line worth a damn hulk hogan i mean that's that's very easy to not not succeed on that level so I, yeah i 
I very much see Dave Bautista like, yeah, taking chances, but also delivering on those chances. And of oh, course, of you course, yeah. and you and me both like Stuber quite a bit as well. So we did. <laughs> we did like Stuber. As, as dad cap, they can't see. Yeah. Um, the other thing is also we were talking about Aaron. You were mentioning sort of like it could have been cool with like this, just a hint of of gravity, of weight, of, of decades long knowledge that The Rock has. Uh, in one scene in this movie, and I, I, when you're mentioning that, I was like, you know, you got a lot of that in one scene with Chris Hemsworth talking to a raccoon, uh-huh. talking about how Thanos has never fought him twice. And in that moment, I'm just like, I get this guy, and I would, I would fight along with this guy. That's what um, I'm saying, like, because it's not like I feel like I'm just sounding like petty that I'm not getting enough, but it's like I, it's not impossible for these giant movies yeah. to incorporate that level of nuance. Like, it's not. I'm not requiring, like, giant script provisions. I'm not saying the movie should do this. It's just more, there are opportunities that I feel like we're a little missed because there's, like, you know, things here and there where it's like we emphasized this instead of that. And it's like, ah, I wish the mixture was just a little bit in a different level. We've talked about The I, Rock. I, I, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, we talked, no, about, no. I talked about The Rock. Uh, let's let's talk about Emily Blunt. Did you guys? I, I feel like you guys all appreciated what she was doing here as well. Jose, you mentioned kind of, the like, the physical comedy she was bringing to the movie. Yeah, um, the the allusion to the mummy in the in the library or you know archive scene whatever is good. I think all of her physical comedy is great. I I would like them to sort of if this continues to develop that into this like almost like like a like I said like a slapstick kind of like the the this Jackie Chan energy of her sort of like bumbling around but being competent at the same time but also incompetent. It's a really fun areas for a character to live in and she she makes it work um and i think she she's charismatic charismatic enough to push the character beyond the sort of like stock like you know woman who's like way more ahead socially than the time that she's in which is a trope that i think has gotten really really common now Uh um it it certainly was in one of those pirates movies i want to say like the fourth or the fifth one i think there was like a you know science girl or something like that well that's, um, that's the other thing if they're not already like quietly competent and what have you they're a young girl that's into stem like that's the other thing yes <laughs> yeah. yes um but but i think it works for her like she has a lot of charisma you know as well um but but i like the slapstick sort of thing to it i think that brings a new dimension um all her banter works really well with the rock um and then the relationship with her and um i, I keep forgetting jack was it Whitehall? Whitehall, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, their their relationship is really great as well. Um, it's like a fun flip on the you know brother sister dynamic, um, mm-hmm. and and I like her a lot. She's she's really fun. Again, I think it would have been fine if you just she was had extended a relationship to the Rock and sort of like just even just friendship. I think would have worked for the sort of like melancholy that they're trying to right. to imbue the Rock's character with. Richard, I feel like we'll just get a lot of the same if I ask you what you thought of Emily Blunt, that she's successful in the part. But so let me let me pivot to Jack Whitehall. What did you think of Jack Whitehall's character in this movie? Yeah, he was he was a fun character. I was not familiar with him uh, as an actor. I didn't even know he was a, a popular comedian in the UK. Um, but yeah, I thought that the role was fun. Um, he definitely added uh, a lot of a lot of levity. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought he was a he was a, a great addition, uh, made for a nice uh, trio uh, element. Mm-hmm. We um we could all talk about this once again. Uh, Disney has prided themselves on the the their their wokeness for having their openly gay character who addresses it in the movie. 
Um, did you guys appreciate the way that's addressed as far as how <laughs> whatever I, I don't even like <laughs> Disney makes such a big deal about these things. I'm looking at this thinking this is a scene that's sitting sticking out so it could get cut for the China version. But um, whatever. <laughs> Good for them, I guess. But like, Abe, did you have any thoughts on like how this factored into the film? No real thoughts on how it factored in the film. It, it comes along earnestly in a way that uh, kind of just to borrow off of uh, Jose's thoughts there, it kind of just really bolsters the Emily Blunt character to be like, she is um, a beacon. She is my beacon. She's the person that I will follow. Right. And so there's nothing really, I wouldn't say like, there's nothing, it doesn't feel as though it's crowbarred in and it doesn't feel as though it's uh, wholly necessary either though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, because my largest gripe with the Jack Whitehall character is that he just doesn't have as much to do. Like, I like him, what Richard is saying, I like the trio, and I like them all interacting with each other. But he just, even in, like, The Mummy, the brother is, like, a, a fumbling idiot at times, but he does serve a purpose in terms of, like, he's also just as smart as I am and uh, can code break for me with these beetles. Uh, and he, and he, can, he, can, he can aim. In The Mummy Returns, he and Oded Fair, like, <laughs> trade off, like, sniper shots. <laughs> like. <laughs> right. But in this one, he, he serves the purpose of, of uh, being... Uh, the sidekick, so to speak, of Emily Blunt, and then kind of just a key in the third act as to like how they're going to get to the action set piece. Yeah, I, I mean, I very much agree with you. Actually, it's a good point you made as far as how that scene, which is like, it's a nicely acted scene. Is it a, like, Jose, is it like a nice yeah. like scene, like the way it's acted? Like, it, like yeah, yeah like with him and The Rock, right? Uh -huh. Yep, yep. I think they, they do about as well as you can with a pretty standard... I think at this point for Disney, a pretty standard version of that scene. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the excuse for Disney on this, uh, in this version is that that's like, you know, maybe how they would have addressed it in that period of time. But, you know, who knows without it, you know, in the, for the fact of it being not super explicit. Mm. Um, but it's, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it, the scene is fine. It doesn't really stick out. I don't know that we need to hit heap praise on, on Disney know. for I, it. I think right. you can hear in my voice that I'm like rolling yeah. my eyes at the fact that this they is a like, giant media coverage. It's not like a bit. But Abe, you did say you, the, what you said there about um, how it bolsters Emily Blunt's character. You're not wrong. That might detract from what they're trying to achieve with the, the success of Jack Whitehall's character. But as far as what it means for Emily Blunt's character as a person who stood by him, you're, that's a good point. That that does enhance who she is as a person, I suppose, given the time frame that we're set in and what we're doing. It's still this kind of like isolated scene, but it's like, yeah, all right, that's something. Like, it's, yeah, it's a I neat mean, way to handle just it. Just to speak on the name of Blunt character, I mean, you know, as far as like we're saying in terms of like she being a woman out of her time, they bring it up quite a bit. So like that goes pants. to your point, Aaron, of just pants. exactly. Aaron, <laughs> goes to your point of like Disney just being like, see, pat myself on the back here. She's got pants on. And Dwayne Johnson says, they still wear, don't they wear dresses in London? It's like, well, pants, panty, pantsy, you know, whatever. Why, why is uh, your chin people... all the way at your side when you say this accent for the old timey language? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, see? I can't um, believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, the other thing I want to just briefly mention uh, on the Blunt character is just, it feels as though she and The Rock almost have, I don't know what the actual breakdown is on screen time. It feels pretty simple. It feels pretty even, like 50-50, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's, it's not like maybe like 51 percent, 49 percent kind of thing. But 
feels pretty even. I so mean, there's the, no real like damsel in distress type of thing. She is also leaving the movie. That's very true. The movie doesn't try to it doesn't try. It does. It avoids which is very much on purpose, obviously. Like you pointed out multiple times, Jose. Like it's trying to it's trying to you know kind of use emily blunt in a way where she's just as good on her own as she was with the rock and they both know their own things separately like it's and that's been like the whole advertising campaign for this movie right like they're 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 both the big star and they have those hilarious posters where like the rock's holding a torch in front of her face and she's like standing in front of him and they like her name's in huge fun or his name's in huge fun like that's fun and i guess ultimately and i know we've been talking about this for a bit now if, if it really like just completely cashed in on all of that like it was very much a screwball comedy for two hours and not like half a screwball comedy and half an adventure story that i've just seen done butter in other movies i'm I you probably, say done butter done better <laughs> mm-hmm. done butter is what i use after i get my raft on the butter turn um if the movie cashed in completely on being just straight up like straight up screwball comedy i'd probably be like higher on this overall than i am as i hear what you're saying as it stands it's like Again, I like it. It's fine, but I just—it's going through too many motions of the ocean that I just wasn't fully on board with. Son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, you've made like three water jokes in this episode. <laughs> Rough waters, so like when Jose was talking. I know. I'm, go- I'm going water. overboard with it. I get it. Uh, where did you go to school jungle cruise i mean i'm in the spirit of the movie guys i mean what can i tell you that's what a professional podcast (laughs) i'm laughing because they're professional there's certainly uh there there is to your point about what it could do differently yeah it's unfortunate but in other hands it probably could have been something else too right um so there is like a plain janeness of it because they do get to I think, like, even I was going to ask you guys this earlier, like, the villain, like, who's the villain in this movie? You know? Well, you got and the Yes, two. we get Edgar Ramirez, but Je- he's not Je- actually the villain. Jesse Plemons is the villain. He's Jesse the, Plemons he's, he's is the, the villain. Bad guy and actually, in this movie. Yeah, if you were to, like, zoom out, it's it's Nazi Germany is the villain, right? But well, it's World uh, War One, so it's just really, it's aristocratic it's Germans, Germany. So like, <laughs> it's just Germany? Germany, just don't, Germany. Don't, don't make the Wonder Woman mistake where they're like, yeah, Germans, you know, basically Nazis. Like, no, not quite Wonder Woman, but I mean, I get what you're trying I to know. do. <laughs> but I think that it could have just been done better because there's a cleverness that we've seen in Phil or Crystal Miller movies that supersede the original concept of anything that we would have thought previously. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that this has to go that way, but you're just mentioning that it could have been funnier at some points or just more offbeat, taking its own course. And I was just thinking to myself, it's kind of how uh, Cloud of Just Meatball goes and even the Mitchells versus the Machines to some degree, even though that wasn't directly directed by them, uh, they they did have a hand in producing it. It's in that sphere. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on Jungle Cruise? Anything else you guys want to bring up that we haven't mentioned? Um, one, one touchstone that I got towards the mm-hmm. end was, uh, George of the Jungle. And mm-hmm. I just, I really want, if they make a second movie, I want like five minutes of The Rock, who's this massive human being who's been attached to this, you know, river for however, however many years, mm-hmm. just like bumbling around and like breaking door frames and crashing into stuff in London before he decides, you know, that they're going to go check out the Matterhorn or whatever. You're, you're talking about The Rock Obama. <laughs> exactly yes i want him breaking i want him kool-aid manning about town <laughs> uh final thoughts are just that there uh it, it's a fun movie it could be a lot 
better, yes, but I think that there's also other movies that you could probably check out that will serve the same purpose and give you more to go off of. I'm curious if they're going to make a, a sequel, uh, but given that it's performing fairly well, they might. Remember how Brendan Fraser was like go-to khaki man or it's, or like jungle man? Khaki man? Khaki or jungles, <laughs> you know, between the mummies, uh, Looney Tunes back in action, George of the Jungle. It's like this guy belongs in the jungle. That's where he eventually lies with Brendan Fraser. And for some reason, he became The Rock now in recent years. He got a couple Jumanjis here. You have the he was in that Journey to the Central. What is it? The Journey sequel, Journey to Mysterious yeah. Island, and now he's the he's you know. Put the rock in jungles, I guess, is the way to go for the future. <laughs> Who's next I on the guess. jungle list is what I'm asking. T- Timothy Chalamet, is he going to go to the jungle? No, he's, the, he's, he's in the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's, a sand, he's a sandy boy. I got it. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be there with Beetlejuice. All right. Well, Richard, around these parts, when we talk about a movie and how we want to rate it, we don't rate it based off scores. We go on, when should people go and see this movie? So I ask you, this movie is available in theaters and on Disney Plus with Premier Access. When, when should people go and see Jungle Cruise? Uh, I think it's I think it's a great film to see in theaters. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those fun summer movie experiences. Um, and I feel especially since you know so many of us haven't had you know many opportunities to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially to see, I feel like, kind of throwback movies like this. Uh, you know, I definitely think that, you know, going while it's still big in theaters is a, is a good opportunity. I mean, it, lo- it looks pretty great on the on the big screen. Jose, how about you? When should people see this movie? Yeah, I agree. Go see it in theaters if you can catch a matinee. I have a theater who's doing, like, a, you know, welcome back special. I think I paid, like, five seventy five to watch this movie. Wow. And that was way more than worth it. A welcome back special? Do you watch the movie and then you watch like an episode of Welcome Back Carter? Welcome Back Carter? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange double feature, but it worked. <laughs> I'm glad for the three people they're like, that's a hilarious reference. <laughs> that's what they say out loud too, very humbly to themselves. Mm-hmm. Abe, when did you be able to see Jungle Cruise? On our old scale, this is probably the Dollar Theater movie. Um, probably because of all the things that we talked about with uh, its quote unquote deficiencies. Um if you had a chance to watch it at home with like the premium access, I would say that you probably don't need to spend thirty dollars on it for premium access. You could probably wait like a few a few weeks to watch it uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, I like the movie overall. I mm-hmm. I would say a dollar theater is accurate for it. Like it's good. It's a Saturday matinee movie. Like that's what it is. My dad's movie corner. He enjoyed it quite a bit. He likes The Rock. <laughs> he likes adventure movies. He had a, he had a good time. Um, but like, movies but um, Saturday like a Saturday matinee. Like that's that seems perfectly acceptable because yeah, big screen experience. I I think would probably help um, as far as like having a lot of fun with a movie that's designed to be this kind of big budget adventure thing. And since we don't have too many of these like specific kind of movies these days. Yeah, I, on in that manner, I would say, yeah, go for it. It, it works in that level. Just don't expect too much. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's been our review for Jungle Cruise. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh, Abe. What uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. <laughs> Let it know, in fact, that's actually the ringtone that Paul Giamatti has, but his cockatoo uh, sings it. His 1916 ringtone, yeah, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty yeah. great for him. Hence the cockatoo. It's, yeah, that. Thank you, Abe. Now that makes sense <laughs> that he has a ringtone. Frank, where's my money? Abe, you have a game for us? I've got two games for you guys. Two One games of them is called Top Ten. 
This is where I read to- the first ten build folks in a movie, uh, and you guys have to uh, tell me what the name of the movie is from the actors in this movie. Just don't want to give you away the theme here because the theme will emerge. Um, oh. So let's play this one first, and then uh, we'll get to the other game. So, so, if, so if we know the answer, we'll say our name and then yeah. answer. Yes, correct. And buzz in with your name, and then you can uh, hit it with the uh, title of the movie. Here we go. Brighton Rose Favreau. Gary Shandling. Aaron. Aaron. This is going to be the Jungle Book, right? Do you know what year? <laughs> the the 2016 <laughs> Jungle Book? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> wow. There's been a lot of Jungle Books, so you know you got to make sure that Aaron's on his game here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There was like another one right around that same time, right? The Andy Circus one? The Andy Circus one, yeah. It went, uh, went to Netflix, yeah. I saw it. It's all right. I wasn't <laughs> going to say the title because I don't know if that's one of your answers on this thing. <laughs> the next one here. John Cleese. John Bennett Perry. I don't know why I said Bennett. John Bennett Perry. Kelly Morocco. Holland Taylor. Abraham Ben Ruby. Already a great name. <laughs> Greg Fruitwell. Richard Roundtree. Aaron. Aaron. Is it George of the Jungle? George of the Jungle is correct. <sighs> John Cleese is like one of the gorillas, right? Like that's, that's thing. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's Richard? Is Richard Roundtree like a guide or something? No, Richard Roundtree is uh, another funny. gorilla. <laughs> uh, the next one here. Madison Isman. Sidarius Blaine. Alex Wolf, Nick Jonas, Jose, Jose, <laughs> Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Boom. Yes. That is correct. Wait, on the board. Hold on. Nick yes. Jonas. Nick Jonas is in this movie. I don't think that's correct. Mm, oh. Then you're telling me that IMDb is incorrect. I think it's the sequel, The Next Level. Mm, he shows up in this movie too. Nick Jonas. He's in the first one. Is yeah. he? How how are they to know him in the second one then? That's he shows up in he's the, the first one. Yeah, he's, he's the, the one character. they find in the game. He's yeah. trapped already. Oh fuck me. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of the war movie that he's in. He's just like he's more in the second one, right? Like okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, because yeah. they have to get rid of one of the other. Can you tell how much of an impression he made in the first movie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last one here for this game. Frankie J. Glasso. Lili Sobieski. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. I know, yeah. Uh, Valerie Moffrey. Bobby Dishy. David Ogden Steers. Hmm. Sam Huntington. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. Is it Jungle to Jungle? <laughs> jungle to Jungle is correct. With Tim Allen? Is that the, Tim <laughs> Allen. Say, is that the Tim Allen movie? Wow. Yeah, yeah the Tim Allen movie with uh, Martin Short <laughs> with the tarantula. Uh, the theme of that game was obviously every title in that in that game had the word jungle in it. Uh, the next one here is called Top Four. This is where I'm going to read you guys the stars of the movie of The Jungle Cruise. And IMDb has four movies listed under this person's page. 
Oh, no boy. cheating, please. If you guys get the rest of the movies right, you guys get those number of points, right? So, first things first. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. So we're going to guess what we think are the top four movies listed on their IMDb page. That's what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Dwayne Johnson. Uh, anyone want to have a start of a guess? Go to Richard. Richard, what do you think? Richard. Um, I'm going to say Fast Five. Fast Five. Do you have... Uh, Fast Five is incorrect, unfortunately. So, what? Yeah, I know. IMDb is weird like that. Anybody else have a starter guess to continue on to this uh, Dwayne Johnson game? I'll say Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle is correct. Aaron, do you know the other three? What other Nick Jonas movies has he been in? Um, That's, a <laughs> That's a great way to start it. Other three. I have one that I think is in there. Let's. Hmm. If Aaron gets anything wrong here, uh, Jose, it would be over. Well, to like you. which Fast Furious movie is going to be is my five? <laughs> um, maybe it's changed. I mean, if he's not in Fast Five. Well, he's like he's in six, like the mo- well, he's in eight a lot. Fuck it, Fast and Furious six. Okay. Okay. It's incorrect. It's incorrect. <laughs> um, Jose, you have Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle planned out for you, and you know that Fast Five and Fast and Furious six are not <laughs> in this top four. Okay, so Jumanji: Welcome think? to the Jungle for sure, uh-huh. right? Um, I think Moana's got to be there. That is correct. Uh, okay, okay. Moana's a good one. I'm trying to think, because he's in those fast movies, but he's not like the main guy, right? So if I'm thinking stuff that he's headlined, are they all movies? Does IMDb only they are, do movies? They are all movies. Yeah, <laughs> There's no ballers on here? Yeah. No, That's no, where no, I was no going. Video yeah. <laughs> I was going ballers 100%. Um, Hercules. Whoa, good. No, that is incorrect there. Fading oh. two, Jose, you got a point for uh, Moana. And Aaron, you got the point for Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. The other two, Journey to the Mysterious Island. Really? Uh, and wow. G.I. Joe Retaliation. This is surprising. I guess, I guess in theory he is the lead of both those movies. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the next one here, Emily Blunt. Anyone want to start off with Emily Blunt? Top four. IMDb. No cheating. Um, <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. I'll go okay. with deep breaths. Let's go with the Devil Wears Prada. That is one of them. So at this point, Ooh, there. Do you know okay. three others? Okay. Um, I'm going. I like the she's like the main person in this. I'm going a quiet place too because she's like the main person. Correct. No. <laughs> Richard Aaron. Go for it, Richard. Um, I'm going to say A Quiet Place. No, unfortunately not that. She won a SAG award for that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make up these IMDb rules. Okay. um, To keep the game going? Yeah. uh, Edge of Tomorrow slash Live Die Repeat. Yes, that is one of them. That's one of them. Good one. Good one. Okay. Poppins Returns? No. Ah. Unfortunately (laughs) 
She's like, you guys probably not gonna get them too. Well, hold on, yeah. no, no, hold on, don't tell oh, us. Oh, you want to? We're no probably not gonna get them. Now we need yeah. to get them, guys. <laughs> like, right. Like, um. Okay. Let's see. What else? Has no, she no, been remember, the main Abe, remember, remember. Abe said probably not gonna get them. So don't say yes, like probably you know, not gonna get. Say them. Some, yeah. think of the obscure ones. <laughs> right. Oh like, boy. Like like Looper. It's gonna be Looper. Is this, nope, not not there. Uh, <laughs> is it uh, the Wolfman? No. There you go. I like what you guys are thinking, though. You guys are... Sherlock Gnomes. No. This is for no points now. Now we're just guessing. This is for no points, yeah. You already got one, and Jose already got one. The five-year engagement, which I enjoyed a lot. Ooh, I like where your head's at with that one, but that's not it. Does she have other, like... Is it The Muppets? No, it's not The Muppets. Does she have other, like, romantic comedies that I'm not thinking of? Uh, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. What's a weird it's one? It's a weird one. One that was not highly reviewed, and it stars an actor that Aaron talked about earlier in this show. Okay, so what Nick Jonas movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've talked about... Is she in a movie with... It's a movie where there's a lot of people in coats. Adjustment Bureau? Yes! <laughs> that's one what? <laughs> So and the other three. one involves other? something with a fish in the title. Oh, is it salmon fishing in the Yemen? Yes! Wow. <laughs> what is up with the IMDb list? Those are her top four. <laughs> That's the other romantic comedy thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised Wild Mountain Time wasn't on there. <laughs> Wild Mountain Time. A couple more here. Edgar Ramirez. Anybody want to start off with Edgar Ramirez? Um, oh, All movies as well. I'll, I'll go. Uh, uh, deliver us from evil. Yes. There you go. Wow. Good, good pull. Three more. Come on, Richard. I believe in you. Um, Wrath of the Titans. No. That's a good guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. I like. Uh, I'll I'll go. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. Point Break. Yes. Wow. We got deliver us from evil and Point Break. That's two out of the four. Jose, it's on you. Um, what else? No, that was I was I was gonna say Carlos, and I was like, that's that's TV. <laughs> yeah, or I won't I won't get that against you because there's no TV on. on he this, said he uh, was gonna say it. He didn't say it though. Anyway. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. I can't think of. You know, we were talking about how we wish better things for him. I'm having. I, I'm struggling to think of things where he's like a lead. Yeah. Well, he's not the lead in many, because, like, Carlos was his thing, and then it's just like, look at all these yeah. cool supporting roles I get now on. Yeah. yeah. Anything, was that? Uh, he did a, I'm trying to remember the name of, didn't he do, like, a boxing movie? Um, yeah. I think it's called ha- Hands of Stone. That That is the name of the movie? That is not on his top four. Oh, is, is come Do- on. Is Domino in there? Domino, is, is that your official guess? I feel like I want to say no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not in there. So good thing I didn't say it was. Right? <laughs> I shouldn't have started out my sentence already. <laughs> um, Edgar Ramirez movies. Edgar Ramirez. We've got Point Break and the Devil uh, and Deliverers from uh, evil. from Evil. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Like if those made point. it on, like what am I missing? Here? <laughs> yeah. Is it uh, the counselor? It is not the counselor. That's a good one. But basically, these are our. They're smaller-ish roles, yeah. I mean, he's not like huge in them. Maybe, else, maybe one of them. What is he in? Like, what? Did, I'm trying. Like, I'm, I'm blanking right now on these other big ones that I know. Did you has. Did you have an official answer yet, Aaron? No, I did not. 
Okay, all right. Just make it <laughs> Okay, give me a second. <laughs> your Edgar Ramirez, you nailed, you knocked out Wrath of the Titans, which is a good mm-hmm. guess. Um, what else has he done? <laughs> How am I playing on Edgar Ramirez all of a sudden? Is Bright on that list? Bright is not on that list. No. Oh, thank God. Is he in other air <laughs> movies? <laughs> Are you throwing in the towel, Aaron? Damn it, I guess I mean, so. You're, I'm, you're just, I'm, just, a... I'm just blanking. Oh, actually... You didn't get a point on, on Edgar Ramirez. No, I didn't Ramirez, get Domino. <laughs> so. <laughs> the other ones are Gold. Gold. Jeez. Okay. And one that is, would be difficult, Vantage Point, which is like yeah, the Rashomon movie. I, I remember he's in the trailer. He's like, oh, remember, wow. remember me? Still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our last guy here, uh, Jesse Plemons. Anyone want to start off with uh, top four for Jesse Plemons? JP? Ooh. JP himself. Is it all movies? They are all movies, yes. Okay. Huh, where is... Okay. Um, I'm going to... I'll start, and I'm going to... This is... I, I just want this one to be there. I'm going to go with <laughs> ga- Game Night. He is... Uh, game yes. Night is there. Right now, you and Aaron are tied 5 to 5, so you've got three other chances. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to keep thinking of my... Things that people are the lead in. Um, let's go. I'm thinking of ending things. That, yes! <gasps> Two out of four. And what else is he? You know what? This is a he's he's the major villain in a Disney movie. I'm going Jungle Cruise. He is Jungle Cruise is not on there. Okay. No. All right. Aaron, you're behind my run. Okay. Um, and Richard, you can also catch up. Let's see. Jungle Cruise is not on there. Jungle Cruise is not on there. We've, we've got Game Night, and I'm thinking of ending things. No TV. No TV. Doesn't narrow it down. Battleship? Battleship is on It's on there? <laughs> <laughs> see, I, so I we've watched... We've got one more movie. I watched Snake Eyes the other week. And I was like, I guess I'll watch something other Hasbro thing. And so I watched, I watched Battleship again. It's like, oh, that's still bad. Um, With Now, what's the answer to that question that's like, no, the other Battleship? <laughs> what are you expecting when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Plemons. What else? Um, um, is this a trick? <laughs> is, there a, is there a movie what? that could be TV? How am I trying to trick it? you? Well, there's one thing I can think of that's technically a movie, but it's from TV. Mm, but I'm guessing no. it's not that thing. It, I it's, mean... It's not Breaking Bad El Camino. Uh, no, <laughs> no. All these movies would have premiered in the theater. Okay. Okay. Or all, all these titles have, would have premiered. See, I pulled I an Aladdin on you and snuck out a wish uh, without actually wishing for something. <laughs> that's a, that a, that a good pull from El Camino, though. Okay. I have a guess if, if Aaron doesn't get it. Well, Richard, you're up still, too. You gotta go. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aaron could, uh, yeah, shot, Richard man. could steal this. Am I, am I up now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, um, it's, uh, it's a Tom Cruise movie. It's, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Made, American Made, is that it? Oh, man. It's not American Made. Uh, oh. Okay. So what are, what's the one we're missing? <laughs> I'm, you guys, you guys I'm got Game Night, which is a great pull. Is it Judas and the Black Messiah? He's like it, it is kind not of Judas in that and the Black oh, Messiah. Come on. Aaron, do you have an official guess? Okay. Let me, good movies, okay. Give me a second. Hold the me, dice here. Let me think. Ju- not Judas. Jesse Plemons. 
<laughs> movies he's in. <laughs> huh. There's something. What is it? <laughs> it's like I can picture his character. Hold on. Okay, I'm, I'm all. I'm I'm, I'm cr- like I'm pressing my brain right now because I know there's this huh. thing. Um, God. I got nothing. It's is it something with like Corel or something? Ah. I don't know. Observe and report. I'm gonna need need an official guess from you here. Observe and report. Observe and report is incorrect. It is the Irishman. The Irishman. Jeez, Uh, there it is. (laughs) The Irishman is the other movie on Jesse Plemons' top four. With that, Jose and Aaron, you guys are both tied. Six to six. Oh, so you got, obviously you prepared a tiebreaker for us. I did prepare a tiebreaker. Oh wow, he did prepare a tiebreaker. Yes, wow. in a, in a, wait, wait. with a question I, called can Destination. I guess, yes, can yeah, I guess the guess? movie that Aaron was trying to think of? Was it Vice, Aaron? No, it was, uh, that's not bad at all. It was Black Mass, but I knew there was a Corel one too. Oh, but I okay. Black Mass yeah. is what I was trying to think of. I was thinking, uh, of, was he in Black Mass? Yeah, he's in Black. Yeah, he's the he's like he like narrates the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Vice was the other, yeah, because I was thinking of like Johnny Depp and like makeup, and then I was thinking of Steve Carell and Foxcatcher, so I was just thinking makeup guys, and it was like, I do like that you guys um, try to narrow down. Well, that's why when you're saying like, well, is it a movie that premiered on TV? It's like it was on Netflix, but it did have a theatrical release. No, yeah, I wasn't going that direction with it. Although breaking, that's exactly what El Camino was. It was on Netflix. Yeah. So, with all that being said, there is a tiebreaker here. Uh-huh. It is uh, the box office of Dwayne Johnson. The, the total oh. box office? No, it's going to be <laughs> – so, it's almost okay. like – so, uh, Jose, we had Showcase Showdown a few weeks oh. ago where okay. I rounded up a bunch of <laughs> movies. So Because Aaron's just really good at guessing, Richard, by the way. So, yeah. that's why I have to vary these games up quite a bit. <laughs> So box office showdown. Let's Aaron say educated guessing. Really close. Educated guessing. Like I, 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 I didn't just come up with a number. I made some educated guessing yeah. in, in this game last Aaron, time. Aaron, Aaron got scarily close to a, a showcase showdown number that I had. So the showcase showdown this week is for three movies on Dwayne the Rock Johnson's IMDb for his box office domestic gross. Let me name those numbers for you. Domestic. Okay. San Andreas. Okay. The Mummy Returns Ooh. and Rampage. So the domestic. So San Andreas. San Andreas. Yes. Mummy Returns and Rampage. Correct. Three so you guys both are... get a chance to to tabulate, think about it, but not too long, and then I'm gonna call you guys both to give me your showcase showdown of without going over. The box office totals for San Andreas, The Mummy Returns, and Rampage. Totals is in all three put together. Yes, all three put okay. together. Three movies, all very connected to each other. Rampage, <laughs> The Mummy <laughs> Returns, and San Andreas. Okay. All right, I have a guess. I'm going to say, gonna... I, I don't want to go domestic, right? You said domestic? Yes, domestic for its run, not adjusted for inflation, can't go over Okay, I because I don't want to go over this number just in case I'm like slightly over it. Four forty four, four 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 million. Okay, that is, that is too specific. <laughs> well, I don't I don't want to say four fifty because it's gonna be like four forty nine. I'd be like I'm gonna be pissed off. So I'm saying four forty four. <laughs> Jose, do you have a number for Showcase Showdown? Uh, 
I'm going three five. The winner of the showcase showdown is Aaron Newer. Uh, the total gross for those three movies four fifty eight. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being so good at guessing, Aaron. I know Mummy Returns at like two hundred because I remember that was like Mummy in the Returns news. It did had like two hundred. Basically, exactly like two hundred. It was uh, two hundred two. I guess Rampage did like a ninety or a hundred, right? Something. It was a like hundred. One hundred one. And I think San Andreas did like at least one fifty. It was one fifty five. Yeah, so pretty wow. good. Pretty good. <laughs> so with I all think... that, with all that guessing out of the way, Aaron, you are this week's winner of. Uh, I'm gonna call it Destination Unknown as a total of all these games here. Richard, thank you for playing so much. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on as a as a third contestant. Yeah, I'm glad I could play. <laughs> Richard, I'm, I'm notoriously terrible at these, so you know I I, I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know that meme from like Invincible where J. Jonah Jameson's like pointing at his head, like, "See, this is what they have to do. This is what I have to do to get Aaron. Like, these are the games I have to play to make it hard for Aaron." <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, okay. Right. Well, thank you for that game, Abe. You're welcome. Let's move on to now feedback. Back, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions answered on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash now podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners, and they give us some answers. And, yeah. Uh, Jose, Richard, feel free to throw in any answers you might come up with as I go through these questions. First, Sounds good. First up here. What genre or role should The Rock tackle next? Chris writes, horror, doom doesn't count, and musical. Luke Thompson, friend of the show, writes one where he's an actual villain and not just an anti-hero. He's becoming as insufferable as his Rocky Mava character and badly needs a hurt needs that heel turn. And Maxwell Headad, friend of the show, writes musical. Hmm. Any kind of roles you want The Rock to tackle next? Biopic. <laughs> Who's he playing? <laughs> exactly. I don't know who. <laughs> biopic. Like Samoan Lou Ferrigno. Like what is what's he doing in this biopic? <laughs> I'll say a uh, historical epic. There you go. Oh, that would be good, actually. He's gonna take over the Master and Commander franchise. Who could? Who could he tackle? I'm sure. Let me. Who's like a big guy? Like, no, I'm saying like, well, he could slim down too. He did Hercules, the yeah. uh, the famous historical figure. Yeah, like, yeah the historically <laughs> known Hercules. <laughs> um, I want him to do like a uh, like high fantasy. Oh. Like, like, like never-ending story, like just big-ass, like fantasy. Yeah, something like that, or maybe like a let's say like a new Highlander or something. Yeah, he's gonna be there with uh, Joe Mange. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I dig yeah. it. All right, uh, Aaron, anything for you? I mean, he can't sing worth a damn, so I don't need to see him in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, I like those Moana from McClure, but I know, like those Moana songs, but like, I mean, you know, he's, you know, it's he's kind of like sing talking. It's not, yeah, it's not really his realm. Yeah. yeah. Like, what would I don't like? It's weird to say like a, a dark drama, but like I don't know, like something, something offbeat, something that. Way. Yeah. Sixty like, minute I, photo. Like I really like um. 60, I really like um Southland Tales uh, with it. Yes. Like, and yeah. and that's like. Mm. That's him playing off a certain kind of energy where I don't think he's he's not my favorite part of that movie. I think now, though, he's, you know, he's a, he's become a better actor over time. And I think that he might be able to do something similar to that kind of thing again and do it better. OK. Well, I, you know, Richard has me excited for uh, Black Adam, so. 
Yeah, no, I'm yeah. very curious about Black Adam. Yeah, Richard, you've told me a lot more than I knew about Black Adam as far as what I can expect. So I'm like, I, Indeed. not like I wasn't so, looking forward to it already, but like, yeah, I want to see what that's going to be for sure. Right. Uh, the next question here is, what's your favorite Emily Blunt performance? Uh, Adam Gentry, friend of the show, says, I'll go with Sicario and Mary Poppins Returns. Maxwell Haddad, friend of the show, has Devil Wears Prada, Mary Poppins Returns. But she's never less than delightful, which is probably true, Maxwell. Uh, Chris Cleland has Sicario, Edge of Tomorrow, and A Quiet Place. Jason Ritter has Looper, Edge of Tomorrow, The Muppets, and Mary Poppins Returns. Do you guys have a favorite Emily Blunt performance? Well, like all three minutes of her and The Muppets apparently got Jason going, so that's something. <laughs> Singing and dancing. She just sits at a desk, I believe, in The Muppets. Oh. That's her whole role. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> Um, favorite uh, blunt performances. Mine is Sicario. Sicario, Sicario's yeah, good. Wolves. Sicario is really yeah. good. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow is really solid. Obviously. Yeah, I I want her to do maybe a few more action movies. She was great in that and very believable. Mm-hmm. I do like I I watched Looper. I got the 4K for Looper, so I watched that again recently. That it is a because it. She and and Jiggles they take over like this. We, we haven't said Jiggles in a while. I know because he hasn't been in movies in a while, so we never talked about him. He's, he's being a dad. He's been, well, he has that show on Apple that's coming out too. Anyway, and he's tweeting about hit record or record. I never know how to pronounce yeah, hit, hit it. Hit record, Joe. Of course, hit record, Joe. But like that. Anyway, the second half of that movie takes a big turn with him and her, like and the and the Rainmaker, of course, uh, out now favorite. Um, with just a lot of focus on like the character drama that like she is really good in that movie with him like they there's like a good stuff going and like being a mom with the rainmaker and all that it's fun saying the rainmaker um, <laughs> yeah it's a looper i like looper quite yeah, a bit looper. I'll, I'll throw an edge tomorrow yeah, yeah great next up who's your favorite movie captain uh maxwell that writes quint mm. from jaws mm. and chris mm. has captain john miller from saving private ryan you know what his occupation is that's what he says to stop the, the fighting I, I wanted to hear you say it as Tom Hanks does <laughs> teacher <laughs> um, let's see I mean Captain America's pretty cool I don't know if he counts pretty good is he a captain? Did he ever achieve that rank? I'm pretty sure he did. did I mean, he? He's fought in a lot of wars. He might be like an honorary title. <laughs> do you think the other soldiers are cool with that? It's like, we're just making him captain now? What do you do? I mean, at least they had to call like, <laughs> Lieutenant General America. <laughs> yeah, Private America. <laughs> yeah, he's got no clout when he goes across the to fight internationally. But he's got plenty of krauts because he killed mm-hmm. Germans. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, captain Underpants, there you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sure. Oh, Captain Mike Captain. Barkat Abdi and um, Captain Phillips because he's the captain <laughs> now. He is the captain now. Unconventional captains. We love them. Yeah. You know what? Sky Captain. Jude Law. And the world of tomorrow. Today. <laughs> Richard, any favorite captains in movies? Um, Captain Kirk, but uh, Chris Pine version rather than Chatner. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, next up is, uh, what are some great films set in the early 1900s? Chris has There Will Be Blood and Chicago. Any other movies set in the early 1900s? It's kind of a... Uh... I believe Godfather Part 2 is 19, early 1900s, and I'm going to say The Godfather Part 2. There you go. Okay. The Mummy's not 1800s, right? That's like... No, they're 1900s, 1900s yeah. They're, it's like yeah, 19, yeah. like 18 or something like that, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's World War One times. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah. God, I love that movie. I'm going to watch that this week. <laughs> <laughs> I have the whole trilogy on 4K now, and I'm like, well, if I watch one, I'm going to watch all of them. But then I'm like, oh, i got to watch that third one? Like, but like my I have mind... not watched... Is the third one the Tomb, Tomb, of, the the... Tomb of the Dragon Emperor? <laughs> I actually haven't watched it. I, I forget it exists. It's <laughs> definitely a movie that was made. I don't know that existed either. It's definitely yeah. a movie that has... It has at one point. Was that Jet Li? Jet Li, but it has at one point because nice. they're they're in the Himalayas. It has abominable snowmen, and at one point they <laughs> I believe they throw like a henchman through a goalpost uh, made out of snow, and then they raise their hands doing the touchdown sign because that's that movie. <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. You gotta celebrate every small victory. Um, uh, you guys were talking about early 1900s and World War One. I'll throw in War Horse. War Horse. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll say uh, Titanic. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. good pull. A lot of ending. frozen uh, bodies there. <laughs> Twist ending. <laughs> really, uh, yeah. Uh, the next question here is: name some actors in films who steal the whole thing away from the main stars. Chris has got to be Clive, the orangutan from Every Which Way But Loose, and Todd Libanel, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and of course, any which way you can. The successful sequel. <laughs> the, the sequel. <laughs> uh, and Todd Libanel has Anne Margaret completely steals Viva Las Vegas from Elvis. Do you guys have any other movies where there's a side character that's just like, dude, I want to follow this guy? I um, I I, I know I've seen Michael Shannon before, but he mm-hmm. had he got that Oscar nomination for Revolutionary Road with Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and there's a good reason why. I'm not big on that movie. It, it was like mm-hmm. I'm already watching Mad Men, and this is just a more stylish version that's really sad and depressing. I'm not against the fact that it exists, but it's like, eh, this is not doing much for me. But Michael Shannon comes in in that movie for like 20 minutes in various scenes, and he's just a ball. He's having a great time. He livens up the whole thing. So that's my answer. Michael Shannon to Revolutionary Road. Yeah. Staking on the Michael train uh, before he got every movie role in like 2010s, Michael Fassbender in Inglorious Bastards. I was like, dude, who is this guy? Like, I need to see more yeah. of this guy's stat. And then we just had a slew of Michael uh, Michael Fassbender. He gets that killer line from the comics in 300. Uh, our, arrows we'll find the the, our arrows will blot out the sun. <laughs> then we'll yeah. fight in the shade, he says of his long hair. Um, right. <laughs> let's see. Um, For whatever reason, this is uh, what popped into my head was uh, you guys mentioned Tom Cruise and comedies earlier, and I Heard thought of him. his little end bit at, uh, in um, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Just like... Show me the money, playa. Playa. Remember when they're like, Tropic Thunder, was it Tom Cruise is a hit in this movie. We should spin off his character specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and that movie didn't happen, but he did host the MTV Movie Awards, so I guess that's a win. <laughs> as as Lou uh, Grossman? Grossman? Yeah. I forget his... yeah. Uh, anything from you, Richard? Um, I guess I'd say Danny DeVito as the Penguin in Batman Returns. Boom. That's a good call. Go. That's, that's a great cool. call. Yeah. yeah. Death He's death. so creepy. Great death scene. Yeah. yeah. Great death scene, but also like as an older person, I was like, mm, I don't like this pin scene anymore." <laughs> 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 He's really just fondling somebody on screen. <laughs> He's there's, this horny like teenage penguin that's like never seen anybody. There's there's a lot of horrible things he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, there there really are. Yeah. He could, his nose okay. could be gushing blood. Uh, all right. <laughs> Next question. The last question. What are some great films about characters placed in a foreign land out of their element? This is in reference to Stillwater. Mm. Uh, Luke Thompson writes, Cannibal Fair, Cannibal Faroe. 
Uh, Chris has aliens. Definitely in the foreign uh, Characters place in a foreign land out of their element. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Stillwater. Sure, why not Taken? <laughs> yeah, Taken. Yeah. <laughs> he told you that just give his daughter back, there would be no trouble. I think of like a good fish out of water comedy type thing. An American werewolf in London. He's out of his element. Comedy ensues. Yeah, I mean he's alone too. His buddy dies. <laughs> well, I mean he's kinda with him. Kinda with him. <laughs> in a very deteriorating way. Uh, uh... Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. More because I like those books, but that that movie's that movie's fun in places. Yeah. It it's like it's streaming in a lot of places, and I, and I saw it once, and I was like, this is fine. I keep thinking, should I watch this again? Is it gonna get like better all of a sudden? Am I gonna be like, this, <laughs> this, this, most this is a secret ma- masterpiece? Most Def is great in that movie. So right. I, I really like um, Most Def in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Sam Rockwell is, is pretty funny in that movie as well. Dancing. Yeah, Dancing Rockwell. In that one. <laughs> Any any other fish out of water movies? Um, Suspiria. There you Either go. One. Oh. Either one. Boom. That's it's boom. <laughs> one of Aaron's uh, top movies from a couple years ago. I, I it wasn't on my top, but I liked it quite a bit. I, I mm. really liked it. I, I like both Suspiria. Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> the colors. Well, in the first one, anyway. The second one's not so much, not much about the colors as much as it's about the existential dread and horrific violence that ensues and a bunch of bunch of uh, men that. Uh, yeah, but great dancing. <laughs> great, great dancing. Richard, how was the dancing <laughs> at Suspiria? Great, right? Yeah, fantastic. Exactly. That's what. Yeah. You know. that, that's the main takeaway from everybody. Not, who watched not the movie. since Black Swan had I seen great dancing in a movie. That's what I said. <laughs> 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 not since <laughs> 3D. Yeah, it's it, basically yeah. When you talk about top three dancing movies of the 2010s. It, Black Swan, Step Up 3D, and Suspiria. <laughs> those, those are the ones. Definitive. Rock and Roll. Uh, Rolling Stone has nothing against that list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that, Ranker and Collider. <laughs> Who needs Ranker now? Yeah, got this out of the way. All right. I think we've officially answered the out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. You can find. All of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing for We Live Entertainment and whysoblue.com and occasionally some stuff of variety. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, would you like to bite down on my stick? <laughs> Richard Newby, anything you'd like to wh- – where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I'm at Richard L. Newby. Um, I write for The Hollywood Reporter. You can find all my articles there. Uh, and I published a book of short stories, horror short stories, this winter called We Bank Monsters Here. Uh, that's available on Amazon, and the link is in my Twitter bio. Very cool. Jose, any, Jose Cordova, anything you want to plug? No, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose Cordova. It's just my name. Uh, I tweet occasionally about stuff, mostly like soccer and random movie stuff. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Knocking it yeah. out. But, um, yeah, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now 30 Day on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Santa Claus, probably making HSWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. 
uh, right on Facebook, well, Facebook.com slash MMA podcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash and underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash out no underscore podcast. And don't forget our summer contest. Win a copy of Do the Right Thing on Blu-ray or 4K by emailing us or social mediaing us uh, your favorite quote from a summer movie. I think I nailed that one. Um, with all that said, Richard, Jose, thank you both for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Yeah, thank you both. Richard, it's great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you, too. Glad to have you guys on, as always. Glad to have our listeners listening, as always. And we'll be back next week with, what are we talking about next week? Next week we have, uh, well, The Suicide Suspiria Squad. Part 2. The Suspiria oh, okay. Part 2, but The Suicide Squad. And, of course, we've got to, something for the Green Knight's going to happen at some point. But mm-hmm. until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs>